Special episode today. Hash makers, brands, rappers, anyone in cannabis that's looking for genetics, which is everybody, Trinity Association. Special episode. Some of his strains he found are used in some of the biggest crosses today. He's a genetics library for cannabis growers based in Oregon, Trinity Association. These are some of the specialties he dropped by today. The peaches, melted strawberries, alligator blood, baby Yoda, Canal Street runs. We talk about what it's like having hash makers and how they run outdoor, indoor, greenhouse, everything in between. Also curating strains for brands. Such an important task that gets overlooked by so many celebrities and so many investors and so many growers, genetics. With genetics, growgeneration.com. If you're in store or online, all you have to do is use our code. It's on fsotd.com, you get hooked up. Same thing with drip. If you're not happy with the nutrients you've been running, you're not happy with the quality, the turp profile, the yield, everything in between, Drip Hydro. You can get hooked up. All you have to do is go to fsotd.com and we have a discount code. You can also get connected directly to Drip. Also, you know what we're smoking on. We had to break some of this hash in with the Dr. Dabber collab with Anwar Carrots. We've been using this thing nonstop. Dr. Dabber, if you wanna get hooked up with a Dr. Dabber, all you have to do is go to fsotd.com, check out the discount code, and go on their website and order the collabs, order all the specialty products. We use their ISO swabs. Dr. Dabber, that's what we're rocking over here at First Smoke. But what we're smoking on is this grape life. This guy's testing some of the best genetics in the industry I've seen, especially for hash makers. Trinity Association, trust me, get to know the name. He's behind some of the biggest brands. I was born in San Diego, California. Parents moved around a lot. I probably got too high on my first time. You know, it definitely worked. I coughed a bunch. You know, I've been cultivating full-time since 2009. I've been fortunate to, man, see it all the way through from deep in the black market. You know, I don't know if PTSD is truly the word, but I would say something close to that. You know, there's that financial kind of physical damage that's done and you're able to get through that, but truly that emotional side of it was, I mean, years and years of that. Incredible, just opened my eyes to such a different way of life, you know? You go out to these farms and people were really able to create this incredible ecosystem for themselves. It ended up being an opportunity that, you know, just a regular guy changed my life, you know? First Smoke family, growers, hash makers, plant lovers. We got some special plants right on the set today. You got to hop on and check them out. We have Jordan from Trinity Association, straight from Oregon, Southern Oregon. He brought some keepers, some special keepers. Jordan, welcome to First Smoke of the Day. Thank you, Lance. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm stoked. Yeah. Talk about, Let's get into some of these plants that are sitting on the table in front of us. What strains are these and give us some history about these. Yeah, absolutely, man. These are, um, you know, a few 
just incredible proven washers I've been fortunate to get my hands on and get to work with. Um, a couple of these are from a company called Purple City Genetics. I do a lot of work with, man. Um, they're Moroccan peaches and they're Canal Street runs. Dude, both just outstanding flavor, man. I mean, truly a testament to like what Purple City is capable of. You know, their their diligence to the plant, you know, to the breeding, and then most importantly, like the pheno hunt and selection process. You know, we know is so important within this. I just smoked some Canal Street runs, uh, full melt, phenomenal. It's, it's amazing. It and was fire. The heads on it. It's they're both like just heavy producers, big, easy growing plants. I mean, um. Just genuinely a pleasure to work with on all sides, man. Again, just a testament to like incredible pheno hunting and breeding work done. I love the way the peaches looks. It's beautiful, man. The way she sits up and she's stocky. She's such a powerful plant, man. And veg, like it's, it's funny because they all look like seed plants. You know, they've got this super thick stem, really heavy yield. Again, amazing plant, really unique peach terps, man. Uh, you know, in the many years I've been growing, I've never experienced such a true peach flavor like this Hell has right yeah. here man so it's it's really cool to see um got a few others this one on here is the alligator blood um that's a flower specific strain that uh you know my business partner and i tj found together we're constantly popping more seeds pheno hunting you know sorting for anything you know hash flavors of course flower strains um it's a one lot of your specialties Absolutely. Like I, I, that's how, let me get into, this is how we actually met was I got onto your Instagram and I followed you probably for about eight months now, or maybe even longer. I don't even know. And I started to watch just how clean your setups are. The strains you're working with aren't the same as everyone else. And they're always revolving. And then the terps you're hunting for the hash strains or the terps you're putting out, like you say, peaches. I've maybe had one strain in my life that was true peach turp. So like a, a untapped turp that hash makers can work with now. And then, I mean, you're talking Canal Street runs. A lot of people can't get candies to wash. That's one that does. Absolutely. Like you, you being able to touch these specific genetics that are, you're Oregon based, but you're getting the best genetics from all around the country right now. That's really my goal. You know, man, I, I've just... You know, I've been cultivating full time since 2009. I've been fortunate to, man, see it all the way through from, you know, the black deep in the black market, um, had a similar evolution like most did into, you know, Prop 215, mm -hmm. collecting scripts, you know, growing on behalf of other patients. Um, and then that graduated into me getting my, you know, first my county permit in Trinity County and into 2016, early 2017, when I started unrolling the programs, um, went ahead and qualified and got my temporary state permit in Trinity. But yeah, I was, you know, collecting the genetics early on. Uh, the people that taught me to grow were big on growing with seeds, you know, for vigor, again, the unique strains you'll find every time, you know, they're also allowing some to go to seed. So they're making F1s, F2s, F3s, you know, continuing these generations. Um, this has just been a blessing for me to do this, man. And, and it's, it was something that started as a passion project and I've been able to, you know, monetize it. Now it's work. I've been, I've been fortunate to work with what I think of as really elite tastemakers in the game. You know, first and foremost, Chris Lynch, uh, formerly, you know, the founder of Compound Genetics. He's now got a project called Cypher he's working on. Um, and I'm blessed to still be working with him, helping him do the pheno hunting. Um, I'm actually also just finished up some testing I did for Symbiotic as well. Uh, Vince has been great to work with. 
amazing flavors we've been finding, man. So it's just, it's great productive work. I love doing it. Uh, and it just really helps keep it exciting. Yeah. And those are solid individuals as well. I'm a big fan of symbiotic and also the village. I think they're related and yeah, uh, big fan of them. So the, the alligator blood, I got to bring this up because I, you know, I'm a Florida boy. Uh, how do you, who's that from and what is, what's that strain? So the alligator blood is a cross of a few different things, man. Basically it's some seeds. My partner was gifted and we popped a bunch and pulled it out. Um, really it's like a runts lineage, but it's not a runts flavor at all. It's a really like floral and doughy forward flavor. It's very different. Um, and you say that one's a specific flower, really good in flower. It's phenomenal for flower. Mm-hmm. You know, the light depth, you know, true cold frame light depth. It, it, it comes out as an indoor quality. It's just beautiful, you know, easy plant to grow. Nice little structure performs in weight as well. You know, so it's got in my mind, all the boxes are checked. You know, a big rule of mine is, um, you know, if the flavor doesn't match the look, it's not something I want to select and work forward with. You know, I feel like so many people select just off bag appeal, which, you know, if that's what your priority is, that's fine. You know, I feel like there's no right or wrong answer to a pheno hunt. It's truly what you're looking for and what you're interested in. You know, I, I think so many people feel like it has to be a certain something and just something I think is so special about it. You know, it really is. It's like part of you as well, you know, but that's where the alligator blood came from, man. And honestly, I just... I don't know where the name came from necessarily. Alligator blood sounded wild. So like, there it is, you know, um, you know, maybe I'm not the best at naming, but, uh, that was, you guys came up with that one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Some a little different. And then what's the last one in there with the red tag. So this right here is the menthol Kush, man. So that's actually a strain. Yeah. Through Chris Lynch as well, man. It is, uh, it's, it's menthol to Khalifa Kush, I believe. Phenomenal. It washes really well. Um, again, it's kind of in that doughy terp profile. I, I just love it, man. Amazing bag appeal and just an all around amazing plant. I believe Damn. that Fino was initially found by pure and proper. Oh yeah. I'm a big fan of watching their stuff. They I want, do. I got to try their flower at some point. They do great work, man. That's, that's someone I don't know him. I've never met him. Just yeah. I mean, from what I understand through Chris Lynch, it's just someone who's very focused, clearly focused on their craft and doing just excellent work. A lot of people make stuff look pretty on Instagram. Um, but then you can tell when people care that much and the consistency of making things look pretty and not just like their Instagram posts. You're like, oh, wow, they're really very curated with their their trim, which means, OK, if they're going to go to all that, they're probably very curated with their cultivation, which means they're probably curated with their cleanliness, That which means things carry over. Right. It's like when someone goes to 100 percent extent on some things, they they most of the time do it on everything. It's not, you can carry that through their life, right? And how did you grow up? Where did you grow up? What was Oregon like? So I, man, I I was born in San Diego, California. Uh, My parents moved around a lot. So, man, I was born in San Diego, but I've lived in Atlanta, Georgia, Austin, Texas, the Bay Area, LA, uh, been all around, you know? So I just kind of got used to meeting new people a lot as a kid. Really, I first time, you know, my first experience with cannabis, man, I was in seventh grade and I used to walk home from middle school with a buddy of mine, Richard, uh, and his, you know, both of our parents were gone at work, but we could go to his house and chill. And, you know, one day he had gotten some herb from a buddy and he's like, let's try it, you know? And, and we had kind of gotten together planning to smoke a few times and like had chickened out. Cause it was like, okay, what do we even really do? But He'd had a buddy build him a little bubbler 
you know, pin cap special and everything, right? Um, but we go underneath this porch and smoke. I know a lot of people say they did not get high on their first time. I probably got too high on my first time. You know, it definitely worked. I coughed a bunch and dude, we had a blast. We went inside and like ate a bunch of this fried rice that he had. Just odd, you know, odd things you remember from it, but a very memorable experience, man. And, and from there, uh, just continued to explore it, you know, get to know it, you know, throughout high school, would smoke with buddies and, um, man, long story short, you know, here we are now. I got an opportunity. A good friend of mine had a farm out in Yuba County initially. So, you know, I was getting flour from him and I would sell a little to Buddy so I could smoke for free. Pretty standard start. I feel like a lot of people had. And, you know, at one point he'd invited me out to this farm him and his older brother had. Uh, Yuba County is beautiful. You know, I'd grown up into California, but had never been out to the gold country before. And incredible just opened my eyes to such a different way of life you know you you go out to these farms and people were really able to create this incredible ecosystem for themselves you know a place where if you put the work in like man you can grow these plants you can do really well and it ended up being an opportunity that you know just a regular guy changed my life you know taught me how to do something that i loved you know, along with all the discipline, I just think a young man needed at that point, you know, taught me so much about patience, you know, what it means to take care of something and see something through, you know, like a run of cannabis. Um, and this was a big blessing for me. You know, I feel so fortunate to found some, to have found something that I feel like, you know, I love and, and was genuinely made for me. Yeah. I think taking care of something outside yourself, something that relies on you to survive, um, whether that's a plant, a person, another hobby that you do, what, whatever that is, I think it definitely teaches you good, good lessons. Yeah. It also makes you not think about yourself all the time. You have to think about something else. And so a lot of people, most of their thought process is myself, I, me, what am I doing? <clears throat> How do I feel? What am I going to, where now you take that and you move that and you're like this, I need to do this for, if I don't, and it, you start spending more time not thinking about I. Exactly. And I think that's huge in a, a young adult's life or an adult period. Oh, dude, absolutely, man. I mean, even just, you know, the ability of like teamwork, you know, it's something so funny, but a lot of people don't learn at any point in their life to like work together with others, you know? Not easy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially when it comes to, you know, say, Lance, you and I are working on a project together, you know, maybe it's my ability to recognize that man, I need to let Lance take the lead on this over here because, you know, it's maybe your area of specialty, whatever it is, you're better. But, you know, the, being humble enough to understand that and put the project first again, like you're saying, instead of just, you know, me, 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 it's us, right? What's best for us in the long term? And we'll, you know, ultimately elevate everyone. Yeah. Damn, bro, you got to dab everywhere we go. It's discreet, it's portable, nobody knows. DrDabber.com, use the code, get your excess now. A lot of people can't be a good number two. And it's like one of my specialties. Yeah. In life, I've been a great, like, okay, I'll play this role or I play that. And I think it's so, in this business, it's so key because everyone wants longevity. That's part of working in a team. Okay, this person knows people and you got this. Oh, go for it, bro. You yeah. got this. 
Oh, I can, no, I can handle this part. Oh yeah. You need me to do this part done. Yeah. And you start to rely. It's like an octopus with legs. They're each relied upon evenly, but for different things. Absolutely. And sometimes they work together to accomplish one goal. Absolutely. So you're growing up there. You start to realize how hard it is to work in a team as well. And that one bad egg spoils the bunch. Absolutely. So that's a big, important thing in business as well, is that the energy of, of five to 10 great people working in conjunction can be completely thrown off with one bad person. So, so you start to come up, what's it like? How, how do you get into the business? How, who are the people that brought you up? So again, yeah, this, this buddy of mine who I was, you know, I was getting flour from, like I said, and, um, you know, at some point he had just kind of invited me out. I want to say, you know, it was like, look, if you want to come out, it was harvest. They needed a little help too. And he was like, look, you can come check it out. And I think genuinely he was like, you know, your price will go down on these units if you come. So I'm like, look, this is great. He's like, come on out and uh, grab a pair of scissors and some gloves. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> Bring your work boots, bro. Cause yeah. like, we're, and yeah. you know, like, you know, I was fortunate to have a dad who like instilled a really good work ethic at a young age, you know? So I wasn't afraid to like do some manual labor, you know, get my hands dirty and work, but it was just in such a different dynamic. It had been, you know, in high school, like, you know, if I was bad and like, I don't know, got caught skipping school, like my mom always gardened. So like punishment was like, cool, you're going to dig a hole for this tree I bought or whatever. Love you know that. what I mean? So Love it's like, it. we're able to like parlay <laughs> this into something good, you know, um, you know, bless my mother's heart. Right. But for real, but you know, basically had gotten this opportunity to go out and took it and just fell in love, man. It was like truly what I think of as like an immersion process into I think what I would consider a classic NorCal cannabis education, if you will, you know, I learned, you know, we build soil. It's an all organic process. You know, we're brewing compost teas where there's attention to detail with the components of these compost teas. You know, I, uh, from very early on was actually working with a company, Vital Earth, and they at the time were much smaller than, but they were in Nevada County, which is right next to Yuba County where I was. So. We'd go get our inputs there, um, but they were also really instrumental in my education in it, man. You know, they were always so generous with the knowledge, you know, do things this way, do things that way. Like they truly wanted to see you do well. It was beyond just, you know, hey, come buy your compost from us. You know, yeah, it was incredible. And they want your, your longevity and success because it's also tied in with theirs. Absolutely. Which, which is the way business should be done. As far as you get, you immediately show up to this garden. What is it? Is it hoop houses, greenhouses, full sun? So this is full sun. Yeah, this wow. is back in full sun. And this was kind of on the cusp of when, you know, they, they used to call it black box, but light depth, you know, um, when that was, you know, really coming on and more people were figuring this out, you mm -hmm. know, it was almost this thing where like the people that knew, knew and other people like, they're like, you're crazy. What are you pulling a tarp over it for? You know? And then you realize that instead of one harvest for the year, you can do multiple and you can even do multiple while you've got a full-term garden going. This was a great space we had, you know, it's the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas. I think personally, the gold country is such an underrepresented, like, just an important part of cannabis, man. You know, there's the Emerald Triangle, right? Santa Barbara's got it. LA, the Bay, the gold country's phenomenal sun-grown region, man. A lot of really talented cultivators out there doing really good work. And it's a phenomenal environment too. Uh, so these guys were, you know, this is back when you were doing 99 plants, right? You had a script, one script lets you do six plants. 
99 monsters monsters man that's what's funny though is people who know you it's not 99 like because that's what's funny with the state you give you give us an inch we're gonna take the full inch exactly and so 99 plants that are you know some of them were probably 10 feet wide by 10 feet and about 8 to 12 feet tall uh there's monsters. one plant yeah monsters her mansion i've watched him a Dude. few times and i'm like He's got his like personal six or whatever. And I'm like, the dude pulls pounds of rosin off his personal six. And I'm like, he's, he's cracked the code. And that's know? what I love to see him doing that. Like you said, cause he's got, you know, he's got it all represented so well. He's got this new, you know, this mix like green. Yes. He's just killing it, you know, running that thing scheduled demand is great work, but then also just kind of almost an homage to like the way things were with these big plants, you know, it was really a skill of like, and then fields of, yeah, it's every version of full sun or sun. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, and you just get a really unique flavor expression out of it. I mean, it's kind of incredible how even the difference you'll see with a proper full term plant light depth, and then maybe you take it and run it indoor, you know, you're familiar with it. You see very different versions of the plant. This flavor comes out more here, maybe different dates you would harvest, you know, uh, maybe one's better for a resin production, you know, using the sun. So, you know, amazing the different utility it really has with it. But when you're on the farm and they got these monsters, what strains are you seeing or what, what's that day like? Oh, out there when we yeah. were doing it, man. So we were doing a lot of platinum OG. Okay. So I had, for the sake of their privacy, we'll just, we'll give them code names. But the two guys that I really started working with were partners, right? So we'll call them jim and julian and julian was a big og smoker you know ogs were very popular then this is probably you know again 2009 10 11 12. the the medical market is exploding in california there's so much opportunity you know it was still at a point then where like dispensaries like couldn't get enough flour you know whereas it is now it's like you know they're backed up for there's more than you know more than we'll ever need right but we're out there do, doing a lot of that. We grew a lot of TGA genetics, actually, you know, RIP Subcool. Yep. I learned a lot from Subcool, you know, even the idea of like his super soil mix, you know, and I feel like at the time for someone to share such good information like that is, is a really generous thing to do. You know, back then, like a lot of people kept their cards really close to their chest. You know, they didn't want to tell you, look, here's how you blend a good soil because, you know, it was just much more doggy dog at that point. You know, we need people who push in weird directions to yes, there's pushback and people are like, that's never going to work or that's stupid. Why would you do it that way? But then they open up a conversation and like I, I homage to all the old OGs and like no matter your feelings, they're all quirky guys. That's part of being a, a weird grower and an artist is they're kind of quirky in a bunch of weird ways. That's part of it. You don't get the great art. And then also a, just a monotone person. Yeah. yeah. You get all the other, where do you think it comes from? Totally. Well, and that's again, you know, I think why they, you know, why we end up working with plants, you know, (laughs) maybe there's a disconnect, you know, I mean, to me, there's just no more honest exchange of energy than there is growing a plant. You know, you truly, what you put in, you will get out, you know, and, and that's something I, I mean, I loved about it, you know, genuinely, it's like, how good do you want it to be? It's in your hands, you know, I mean, of course, barring things that can happen, mother nature, you know, sometimes she decides otherwise, but for the most part, it, it truly is, you know, if you want to put all that love into it, you're going to see it back. Yeah. Just like anything that you're dedicated to, yeah. um, you know, so we have a ton of hash in front of us. I still want to get into your journey though. So you yeah. learn off these guys, they're growing the platinum OG, 
you're seeing that, holy shit, you can grow outdoor and probably get indoor prices at that time for OGs. That's so this opens up your door. Uh, also, I'm guessing on genetics because growing OG outdoors is a very specific thing because of how it will turn out in the end and all that. So how, where do you go from there? How's your journey go from there? Well, you know, so we're there for a while. Um, God, I want to say we finally left. Unfortunately, Yuba ended pretty nasty. Um, you know, Yuba County had a very active and well-funded sheriff's organization, you know, so they were doing plant counts, of course. And that is one thing we, you know, we spent the time we got, you know, the medical collective made with Brendan Hallinan, San Francisco lawyer, been in a long time in the cannabis industry. But so we really tried to do everything above board. We kind of got to this point where we're like, look, if they're going to give us the opportunity, like, let's try to keep as much heat off our backs as we can. You know, unfortunately, you know, the nature of everything. Basically, we were taking, you know, cannabis back to Texas is where our outlets were. That doesn't always go so well, man. So long story short, you know, my partner, Jim, uh, ended up doing some pretty serious prison time over it, man. Him and his family, you know, just unfortunately caught up in the war on drugs, man, you know, over a plant. And so it started with a raid out in Texas. Then they came and raided the farm out there. You know, luckily, the day they raided the farm in Yuba, we were gone. We were actually in San Diego. So I was down there with Julian and a couple of the other guys that were working with us. And so, you know, Julian and I drive back up north, um, you know, we get out to the farm and we show up to our gate and the gate's cut. And it's just kind of one of those things where you just already know it's not going to be good. You know, we're at the back of a road, you know, no one's going there unless they mean to. So we pull up, you know, tail between our legs, stuff everywhere had been destroyed. Kind of at first we're like, we've been robbed, you know, shit go in, you know, there's a subpoena right there on, you know, everything they took, right? So we'd been raided at that point. I mean, they took hundreds of pounds of flour from us. We had just harvested, you know, we'd gone down to San Diego to chill a little bit before we get back up in the winter and keep it moving. You know, the police took hundreds of pounds from us, just an unbelievable amount of money, everything, man. I mean, every one of our beds had been urinated on. Dude, we had a bunch of water storage. They broke the water main and it flooded into the house, flooded thousands and thousands of gallons, man. So like I said, we came probably a week, a few days to a week after it happened. So this had all sat. It was a disaster zone. A disaster, man. So we genuinely, you know, go in, we just kind of walk around, check everything out. I mean, even our clothes in the closet had all been cut. Like they, you know, everything, man. And for them, they're like, oh, we're looking for money. But it's it's just basically a big fuck you to like, get out of here. This it's, is this is over. It's cops and robbers, yeah. man. You know, it really is. And you think because like, where'd all that money go? And you're telling me they burned all that weed. I'd be very suspicious. That didn't go right back into the system. Well, you know, and the funniest thing is, you know, down the road, the officer who really had it out for us uh, year, a couple of years later, they actually busted him in a really deep corruption, corruption scandal, man. He had been going on these raids, taking this flower. His mother-in-law was the postmaster at the local, you know, local post office, tiny little, you know, Dobbins, California, tiny spot, but they were basically getting it out to the East coast, selling it and then sending the money back. She was able to receive it through the post office, man. How funny he was doing the same thing. As the people he was arresting. And that's what was so wild is like he had just you could tell he's just out for blood. And, you know, years later, you find all this out and it's like, uh, that's why. You know what I mean? There's that that guilty conscience gets at people, you know, but. Did that ruin them at that farm? That was basically the end. Oh, of that, that was it, man. I yeah. mean, when we showed up there, you know, Julian and I probably an hour and a half went around, tried to salvage anything we can. I mean, there was nothing. 
we actually had three farms at the time. Two of them got raided. So went to the first one, you know, get a little bit of personal stuff that's there. And we left and never came back, man. It was just done, dude. They took all the trim. I mean, everything, man. Uh, we go to our other spot we had, which was a smaller spot, still a 99 plot, but smaller piece of land, had a little double wide trailer on it. Um, and man, they had gone through and torn that place apart too, you know, not as vindictive with the damage, still absolutely destroyed the place, but it was just very eye-opening, man. You know, that was my first real experience with like, you know, I'd been arrested previous on a stupid little weed chart. No big deal. You know, got it taken care of. But this was the first time like on this level, you know, this unfolding of everything we knew, man, everything we'd worked so hard for. You know, I'm probably 23 at the time. We're so young, you know, to go through this and it's so much to process and it's just what happened. You're trying to un- unravel all of this to understand, man. But well, and you, I'm sure you're asking yourself these questions too. Like, man, this thing I love so much, this is the flip side of it. You know, I guess I picked the right thing and this is my passion. How do I feel about it? So you start to explore a lot of that inner, you know, inner uh, turmoil of like, why is this thing I love? And that's very peaceful. This is the one of the flip sides besides cops and robbers. Treated yeah. like this, man. It's, you know, it's funny you say that because when I was younger, probably God, ninth grade, um, I had a neighbor, buddies and I, we'd smoke a little weed and, you know, got caught with it at some point, right? And our dad sat us down and I'm so grateful for the way they handled this because his dad and my dad, real reasonable guys. And their biggest message was like, look, boys, like it's not good to smoke anything ever. Very pragmatic about it. You know, smoking your lungs just isn't good. They're like, the biggest problem with this is the social implication that can come with it, you know? explaining that like, you know, I lived in Texas for a while when I was a kid and this was, I was in Texas at this time. And they're just telling us how like, look, boys, it is, it's just a plant. They both were honest. They're like, we've both smoked when we were younger, but again, it's the wrong cop catches you with it. And he's going to make his career, his name off putting you in jail for this. Unfortunately, you know, where all this came from. And like I said, just to interject with that, man, I just was so grateful that my dad handled it that way, you know, I think very reasonably, very honest. And then here's this real first time where I see that. Wow, it's so true. You know, these cops truly think of us as like criminals, the scum of the earth. You know, you are drug dealers. These nasty names they want to put on it, you know, and it was it was eye opening, man. And it, and it you just grow up, you know, I mean, a lot of growth within that. But this was a lot of force, you know, grow up, man. So. Basically, after we go and check the two spots, you know, it's the evening at that point. We had drawn back up from San Diego that day. So we're like, you know, we're ready to be home and chill, come home to this madness. So we drive to Sacramento and get in a hotel, you know, get a hotel room. We call our lawyer, tell him all about it, have a meeting with him the next day, you know, basically go and meet with them. And it became this nasty thing, man. Like I said, this other partner, my best friend at the time too, Jim, man, I mean, ended up doing, I think they sentenced him to... 10 years in prison over it. Wow. He did, I want to say nine years and actually just got out last year. And it was, you know, I got to see him, man. And it was, you know, just such a humbling experience. I mean, it was a lot of things, a lot of feelings, but, you know, to see him come out on the other side and, and I mean, he just said such an adult grown up mentality about it, man. Like he felt like he had learned lessons and had grown himself and 
you know, he told me, he's like, man, I just had so much hate for so long, but finally got to a point where he's like, I just have to get over it and move on and grow. If you're not happy with your current nutrient company, or you're not happy with how your products or flour is coming out, try Drip Hydro. All you gotta do is go to fsotd.com, get the discount code, and driphydro.com or grow generation stores nationwide, online or in store, we get you hooked up. You gotta try Drip Hydro. Everybody's switching to Drip, and whether you wanna come in store or you need a drop straight to your facility, Grow Generation can help you out there. Tell them the First Smoke family sent you and get on Drip Hydro now. Guys like that is should be the first to be able to get a license. That's what I feel. In like. my opinion, like they get out and it's like, hey, do you do you want your own license? Do you want to? That's this is something we owe you. An like, opportunity, man. Yeah, yeah. you paved a, a way that a lot of us ha- were able to walk down more easily or without the resistance or doing nine years over plants. Uh, yeah, that's that's the system broken. The guys like that should have the opportunity to now take their almost like birthright into, uh, you know, here you go, man. Here's. Okay, yeah, and then get some guidance, and then it's like, here you go, bro. Here's something. Here you're back in position. We're really sorry. Yeah. As the industry, we're sorry. Oh, exactly. Because they're not going to apologize, but they oh, they yeah. think they did the right thing on the flip side. Absolutely, man. But, yeah, and, and you know, and that's I'm sure you've got buddies the same way, and it's yeah. just like you know, you talk about someone like you said who I think has earned it. Like who more? You know, to genuinely be a victim of this nasty war on mm-hmm. drugs. You know, it's just shoot first, ask questions later, or just not ask questions at all. You know, and just such a like, it just opened my eyes to realities of the world, especially that dynamic with law enforcement. You know, it's, and we felt like, man, we've taken all these efforts to become legal. I mean, obviously, you know, some of it was going somewhere it shouldn't, but like in our minds, we're kind of like, man, but we had all the paperwork in line, you know? And I mean, again, if you're stepping outside of it, you can't be too surprised, but it was again, just such an eye opener. You know, we were doing well, man. We were young making really good money, do taking steps forward. You know, like I said, we started with one farm, got a second, got a third, really building something for ourselves. And, you know, to just, just have it taken away immediately, you know? So basically after this, man, we end up moving to Santa Cruz. We get a little house, you know, we are broke, dude, nothing. Scrape the little bit together. We can get a house in Santa Cruz. We put up like six lights and start over. That's you know? that's what I was going to say. You're basically starting over. Exactly, man. And it's so humbling just because, you know, like last year, we're like, dude, we grew, you know, 800 pounds last year, which at that time was astronomical, man. So much weight. It was. And then again, to be back to like, we've got a six lighter, you know, it's like three million dollars plus. And then, yeah, yeah worth man. of cannabis. It, at, at, yeah, yeah. Back in 2012, <laughs> yeah, 13, yeah, yeah. you know, and then we end up. You know, of course, that's split many ways. And of course. But it's, it was, the gross yeah. was a lot, you know? And even just, again, like the sense of pride with the team, man, we did this together. Like, guys, we did this and it's quality. It's this organic, clean medicine. You know, it's, it was an amazing thing, you know? Um, so we're in Santa Cruz, right? Dude, we're making clones. I'm, this is kind of when my nursery cloning stuff really started is, you know, we're like, we got to make money, man. And, so we start selling clones on Craigslist in Santa Cruz, you know, and like, dude, I'm meeting people, you know, if you know Santa Cruz, you know, like the Costco off of nine. So like, you know, I'm in like their all beat work truck, bro. we're broke. I'm like, you know, barely had the gas to get there probably, you know, to sell some dude 25 clones for seven bucks a piece, you know, just so we could take that next step forward, you know, and whatever it, was, it takes sometimes. Absolutely, man. And, mm-hmm. and 
that just became a recurring theme with cannabis, man. I mean, is it's going to get hard. You can count on that, but you know, can you persevere through it again, man, the people you surround yourself with a team is so important just to have good, good people around you. You can trust, you can lean on, they can lean on you, you know? Um, so man, we're in Santa Cruz actually finally gotten enough together to get a new property, get a property. The neighbor is just not having it. He ends up running us off. Right. So we'd put money down on this property. We bought 60 yards of soil, dropped it at the property. We find out basically we're not growing there this year. This guy's like, I will get the cops and you won't grow. So that, and that goes for indoor, outdoor. If you got a bad neighbor, oh my God. Be good to your neighbors, oh, right? You know, that and just, your man, some are so difficult. No. Yeah. And some can't be reasoned with. Exactly. Man. No, they cannot be. And that's how this guy was. It was funny because when we first met him, he's like, look, I don't have a problem with what you're doing, but the neighbors aren't going to like it. So we're like, oh no. But he's like, but I got him. Don't worry. So he had us there. That's for what everyone says. Oh, totally. And then we come to find out none of the over and other neighbors cared. It was him, you know, of course. But, you know, at that point, we put that on hold. We continue with the indoor. You know, we had by this time we had a 20 lighter down in Santa Cruz on the east side. Things are starting to get back to normal, man. We're getting some confidence back. Um, are you meeting other people in Santa Cruz now? Because that's a mecca of cannabis. It was a mecca, man. You know, but I was so like gun shy at that point, just from what we had gone through, you know, I mean, at this point too, genuinely, I'm like, are we hot? Are we being what, you know, all this stuff, we're just waiting in limbo, you know? And, you know, one day we're in Santa Cruz, I'm there by myself. Cause you know, so this is at the point where Julian was, Julian and I were, you know, here at this spot running it. We were working with an edible company at the time and he had gone up to do the cup in Seattle, I believe at the time. So he would go and I'm fast. I think, I think it was one yeah. of those. Yeah. So up there doing great. Another again, stream of revenue, get out, get things, get, you know, get things back going. And while they're gone, the U S marshals showed up and they're just like, they didn't have a warrant, but I first thing in the morning, I'm in the bathroom in Santa Cruz, in Santa Cruz and Felton technically, which is just up, I guess, highway nine, you know, in the mountains a bit. And I hear this bang on the door and I'm like, shit. You know what? It, and I'm like thinking it's the landlord because I think the landlord was on to us, but we had like given him enough of the right answers to where he's like, whatever, at least you're paying rent. So like, we'll let you, you know. Um, and I walk out and we have these big bay windows and there's like several weapon body armor, you know, outside. And I'm like, oh, shit, you know, well, they hadn't kicked the door in. At this point, I'm like very familiar with raids and how they work from the last <laughs> one. You know, I'm like, great. Here we are again. And open the door, talk to the guy. He just lets me know very simply, you know, he's like, look, I'm a U.S. Marshal. Basically was following up on all this stuff, man, was looking for this partner of mine. You know, Julian wanted to talk to him. Didn't have a warrant or anything. He was like, you just need to talk to him. And I'm like, he's not here. I'm playing dumb. You know, at the time we saw this medical collective. So I'm just like, oh, I just come up and I'm a part of the collective. You know, I put in my work on the plants and I just, I just get my meds, man, you know, playing dumb. And he looks at me and, you know, he sees right through it, but he's like, look, we're federal anyway. So none of this matters. And so they're in there and we actually had, were harvesting and we still had two lights up of TK. We got this TK cut and we're growing it. I'm like super proud. They're in there like laughing, looking at the plants. They're like, this is pretty good herb you're growing in here, bro. Like in the little dry room, which is like one of the side bedrooms. I'm just sweating, bro. Like I just woken up. So I'm in basketball shorts and that's it. You know, they talk for a while, kind of a good cop, bad cop. They take me outside, like cuff me. My neighbors are all, you know, it's just a, such a scene. 
you know, this dude just like puts the fear of God into me and is like, leaves me his card and is like, I need to talk to Julian when he's back. Again, I'm just like playing dumb. Like, I don't know this guy. They end up leaving. And I'm just at the house after this. And I'm like, but, you know, they didn't take any weed. They didn't do anything. They just, no photos, nothing. Just talked to you. Yeah. Shook you around a little bit to see if you would say something and then walked. And I think that's what wow. they were looking for was maybe, you know, testing out whatever, what they can get. But, you know, of course, so I called Julian at the time. I'm like, hey, this is what went on. Or I think I'd waited till he got home. Something like that. You know, and I tell him and he's like, oh, shit. So we're just waiting at this point for them to come back. You know, because he told me, he's like, if you don't call me, I'm coming back in a week and we're taking both of you. And I'm like, you know, expecting him to follow through. They never ended up coming back, you know. Um, basically, man, long story short, we end up staying in Santa Cruz a little longer. Finally get this line on a property up in Trinity. So this is where, you know, we had moved up to Trinity after this. We had bought all that soil at this other spot, dude. So we get a U-Haul and we bought a bunch of smart pots. So we're like, we bought the soil. We're not leaving without it, you know? <laughs> Shout out U-Haul. Oh, exactly. Yes. You've helped the weed industry so much. I can't tell you. U-Haul and yeah. Smart Pot, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I owe you guys, you know? Thank you. But So 600 yards of soil. 60 yards of soil. 60 we load yards, up so, into yeah. these 200-gallon Smart Pots with five-gallon buckets because we're like, we can't leave this, you know? Like, the little bit of money we had is, like, invested in this, you know, this was good, bro. Like $150 a yard soil. Like, can you imagine trying to explain that to someone though? They're like, what do you got? You're like, well, I got this soil. Yeah. It's got to come with us. People are like, what in the fuck are you just talking like a about? psychopath, brother. Like leave the dirt <laughs> there, you know? And I'm like, no, we got to move it. You know? Yeah. So like, dude, we loaded up literally by five gallon bucket and we just are loading smart pots about halfway full and just stack them up in the U-Haul load this thing full it's probably three four trips in one of the big 24 foot u-hauls you know things way loaded down we get all this soil moved up there to to the spot in trinity and like it was the most amazing feeling man because we had been through such a tumultuous last two years man struggle you know these just humbling circumstance after humbling circumstance and we finally get this opportunity of a spot of our own we get it. Beautiful spot in Trinity in Lewiston and Trinity. Um, get ourselves established, dude. The first like three months there, we're living in these little sheds that this guy had. The landlord was still living at the house because he was going to move to the coast. Basically got us up. We had to get the year going. It's like early May. So he's like, well, look, you can camp up here, whatever. We end up sleeping in these sheds. But like, it's so funny because it's like the best sleep of your life, though, because you finally got this place that's your own again, you know? Like, and you feel safe. And it might as well be the Ritz Carlton when you close your eyes, you know, it's just like we're here. It felt so good, you know, and Trinity, that was just the beginning of where I really turned up my cannabis you know, knowledge, man. I, I just was so interested, so enthralled in everything and nothing like almost having it ripped from your hands like it was to just be so grateful for it. Again, such a humbling experience. But, you know, we get up there, we get set up and... We were probably at that farm there for four years. We had great four years together, man. Grew a lot, literally and figuratively. Came a long way, man. Um, and that property is really where the pheno hunting really got big and like caught on fire for me. Um, I have a buddy, Eric, from a company called Humboldt Seed Organization. Been around a long time. Legends in the game, you know. Much respect to Eric. But he gave me some seeds, these Platinum Yeti F2 seeds, and kind of had explained to me what pheno hunting was and was like, this is how you would do it. And basically put me onto it, man. And I just fell in love with the process, you know, 
again, we had grown some seeds, but I just knew less at the time. So, you know, the gravity of the situation wasn't quite there for me, but you know, I end up, uh, really getting into this stuff, just loving it, man. Falling in love with it. You know, we're doing a lot of BHO. This is back when live resin BHO was just everything, man, doing really great there. We, uh, we came a long way, man. That was just such a good spot and just a blessing, man. You know, that's what got me into Trinity and, and, you know, really let me spread my wings, man. Without having the legal issues too, you're able to really dive into your craft because you have now longevity. It's not going to be ripped out from underneath you tomorrow. So now you can start to dive into these pheno hunts and these year long processes of hunting down the next best strain for either your garden or the whole industry as a whole. Yeah. Right now that you're into clones, that's a big thing. Once you put the right thing out, it spreads like wildfire. Absolutely. And if you, that's the thing that looked, o- looked over by a lot of growers is like giving a genetic that's very special out with your name attached to it is now the next big thing because now you're big in association with that versus before it was keep it, keep it close. Don't let it out. You got to make your own identity. Yeah. Now it's changed almost 180. Absolutely. Right? Very it's, interesting. It's like a big part of people's identities, you yeah. know, where those cuts, like it was almost like, you know, I don't want to say one person, one cut, but like kind of, you know, cause you know, man, back then so much about pheno hunting is knowing that tomorrow's going to come, right? Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't pay off till far down the road, you know? So, I mean, truly to believe in tomorrow with it and doing all this. And like, that's what Trinity provided. You know, we really realized like, you know, we wanted to be in Santa Cruz because we wanted to, you know, have a life, but we can still go to the bar. I could go surf. And like, it just came to a point where it's like, if you're going to be serious, you need to go where you can be serious. And, you know, deep in the Emerald Triangle, man, Trinity County is kind of the third almost forgotten about county in the, in the triangle, you know? So we just really realized like, that's how deep we got to go out there to do this so we can have that safety net, you know? And I remember the day I kind of woke up at that farm and like, didn't have that pit in my stomach of like, are the fucking cops coming today? You know, are the police showing up? Is this going to be taken from us again? You know, and it's, you know, I don't know if PTSD is truly the word, but I would say something close to that, you know, just, I mean, it got to a point where like, I had to sleep with a fan on at night because any noise would wake me up and just like, send me into this stress, you know, it was, it was really hard to overcome, man. I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing how, you know, there's that financial kind of physical damage that's done and you're able to get through that, but truly that emotional side of it was, I mean, years and years of that, you know, going through that, man, the damage it really does to you, the way it changes, the way you think you interact, the way you plan for things. It it was, uh, it was wild, man. It was just such an experience, you know, but again, just was so blessed in Trinity, man. And, and, you know, spent a few years in Trinity where it was still medical. And then we were able to enter the permitting process when they started rolling it out in 2016 in Trinity. So early 2017, got my county permit. I got the 54th permit in Trinity County. It was amazing. You know, I just really felt like I'm like, man, if they're giving us an opportunity to, to work with them, I'll do it. You know, and I, dude, buddy's telling me you're crazy. I'm sure you went through it too. And you got licensed. They're like, don't ever get licensed. You're out of your mind. You know, you're a nut bag. And yeah, I had buddies that are like, oh, I'll get permitted when they come make me. And I'm like, dude, they're not going to come. They're not going to come ask. Like you're either going to do it or not, man. Um, and you, and you are taking a risk doing it, yeah. but at the, on the same flip side, you've been taking a risk, not doing it. 
man, I'm sick of spending so much time going to the store, having to make all these runs and load all this shit up. Yo, what are you doing here? It's hash making day. I'm always at Grow Generation. If you don't want to have to always go into the store, it's super easy. They deliver 60 plus stores nationwide, delivery right to your doorstep and discreet. GrowGeneration.com. Use the code, tell them the family sent you and get hooked up. And a lot of us have been through, an, it's weird, right? It's like diamonds and pressure and the outcome. It, sometimes it pushes people in different directions where you had such a negative experience. You're like, if I can legally do this, I'm in where other people have that experience and they're like, I'm never going to be a part of the system. And it's just people go different ways. Right. But it, I, I think that is the proper way to go is like, hey, if I really want to do this for a living, I got to do this my way and their way. Absolutely. It's like a conjunction. Right. Versus just they'll come and let me know when I they're never like you said, like they'll let you know for sure. <laughs> but like, man, like I said, like I've been. I had a few where they came and let me know, you yeah. know, and let me tell everyone like they're serious when they do it. They do not play. If they want you, they just come get you. you and know? your whole life changes. Absolutely. Like, man. and you start to sleep different and eat different and act different. It, it changes everything about you for years. The first 10 years, I think in a lot of growers, maybe in that decade now, things are changing a little bit, but the first 10 years in a lot of growers in their thirties and forties was turmoil. Yeah. was like hard lessons learned very hard Oh yeah, and, and scares and peeping through peepholes for hours at a time and close calls night and day. I think that builds character. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah. And that's what this industry needs right now is people who are characters in their own right. Right. Cause you, you've been through it. So now you're, you're so deep into the knowledge and the sacrifice. You're only going to go deeper now. Yeah. Now you're all the way in. Oh, absolutely. And that's what we're seeing. So you guys, you start to dive into the seed game on that farm. Are you the Platinum Yeti? The Platinum Yeti. What were some of the other big hits? Do you remember going through? Yeah, I did with them was they had a string called Sapphire Scout they put out. Ooh, I like that. And this was like right when cookies had blown up, you know? So a few different companies had done this, like their version of an OG cookie cross. And this was Humboldt Seeds work. And dude, it was incredible, man. Like, you know, I'd seen purples before, but they were always the small, bushy, like GDP, you know. Um, and this was this massive plant. You could grow big, full term. It didn't want to mold. Like it cooperated in NorCal, man, where, you know, it might be 100 degrees during the day and then it's 55 at night, you know, and not everything's built for that, you know. That Sapphire Scout was a plant I will just never forget, you know. It was so different. It was so progressive at the time. Again, like, you know, tying in these old OGs with this new cookie, which, you know, at the time was just so cutting edge. You know, man, everyone wanted the cookies, right? Um, so just amazing to see that, you know, and really starting to understand more and more like, because when branding with cannabis really started, you know, started off, it was not just, right, here's your jar of herb, you know, it, what it's grown into now, you know, and that stuff like HSO, one of the people that were helped paving the way with that, you know. Just feel so fortunate to have had, again, someone like Eric who just, you know, I guess saw potential, whatever it was, but like blessed me with this opportunity and not only blessed me with these seeds, but the knowledge to back it up. You know, he would reach out, he'd be in Europe, you know, busy guy, but he would make time for me every time. And just, you know, it just meant so much to me, man. This guy who, again, their pick of anyone they could work with, right? But is like willing to give me a chance, you know, and 
you know, an opportunity I'll just forever be grateful for, man. And it just made such an impact on me as, you know, again, a younger grower who is starting to find identity, you know, and really at that point, I, I knew that working towards, you know, genetic work was something I really wanted to do. You know, I love cultivating. I will always cultivate, but this was just that little extra that just really made it exciting for me, you know, really keeps you getting out of bed stoked in the morning. Just let's see what it is today. Let's see what it is today. You know, really building on all that. And so you guys get the license. And is that how the name Trinity Association came about? Well, so the name Trinity Association, funny enough, man, after we had gotten licensed, or maybe this was before licensing, I'd been in touch with Green Wolf, you know, down here, Green Wolf, legendary dispensary, man. In my mind, like they were just the peak of it. And it just kind of interacted lightly with their Instagram, you know, just, you know, cool, man, talking about plants, nerding out on it a little. And at one point, the guy just kind of responds and is like, you know, I was growing a lot of Crockett genetics as well at the time. Someone else who just really set me off on the seeds, man, the work Crockett was doing, the level, the, the, the crosses he was making just, just got me so stoked on it, man. Incredible. You know, we know him as strawberry banana. I mean, tangy. Sour uh, banana, sure, yeah. bro, that 24 on and on. Car- I mean, yes. like you said, it just yeah. goes on and on. And it's like, there's just so much work. And that's just what he's released. You know, yeah. they've got a library backed up. I can only imagine how deep it is. You know, it's but- funny you bring this up. I'm actually talking through email with Crockett right now. Oh, man. Hopefully yeah, you guys can get that. Would be, we're working that let's out. Put that out there right yeah, now. Yeah, you yeah. Know? We're, 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 it's already in the works. Yeah. But not, not, uh, an OG who doesn't pop his head out much, but is absolutely. Uh, I mean, a force to be reckoned with in the genetics library and in genetics period and breeding. So you get into Crockett's, which Crockett's stuff really does well for hash. Oh, yeah, man. Unbelievable. And the sun grown, you know, and I think it's just, I mean, genuinely comes from like the utility he's looking for. You know, they are a flavor forward. It shows in their genetics again, you know, and like you said, they're breeding these seeds in California, you know, I'm not sure exactly where, but like clearly very climatized genetics, man. Like it is made for it. You know, I mean, dude, there'd be times where like the rain started a little earlier that year. Those seed plants are getting rained on. They get a week of rain for you, cut it, but it's all good. There's no mold on it. Again, the benefit of like a breeder doing it the right way, you know, in a similar zone to where it's going to get grown, you know? So just all these things they do that just put you at such an advantage when you buy their seeds, you know, again, that genetic is where it, in my mind, where all of this comes from, right. From that seed and something else, that's just something else that was always so enticing to me about seeds, man. Is like, you look at this little bag of 25 seeds and it's just like endless possibility in there, man, there could be anything. And that always just, it just was so like enticing to me, man, I guess, you know, well, you look at that bag of seeds and you say, if you really want to get a perspective on it, you say, in this bag could be the the next OG. Yeah. Or the next Girl Scout cookie. Or the next gelato. Oh, or I mean on and up the strawberry banana. Oh, oh, this could be the next honey banana. Oh, this could be the next super silver haze. This could be the uh, purple urkel. You can go out grape ape. Yeah. On at Florida Juicy Fruit. It, you, I could go on and on because that's the genetic potential of the breeding that's happening. I mean, and if you want to take that perspective, your name carries more than it. That could be the next runs. Yeah. On and on. So it's just it shows you how important genetics are in everything we do, especially in cannabis, but in life, period. 
So you start to dive into that. Where does that start to go once you get this license? You guys start to grow legally. Yeah, man. So once we start to grow legally, you know, I had, uh, like I said, so that's where I'd gotten that little momentum through, you know, I got a little sidetracked, but through uh, Green Wolf, you know. Shout out Brian and Ace, two OGs in the market. Incredible, yeah. man. And just, I mean, to this day, so much respect for them because they just gave a little guy like me a chance, you know? And I mean, dude, like took care of us when we came down you know, gave us what we wanted for the packs. Like they were just, they were grateful, man. And it was, you know, in, the, in my mind, I'm like, these guys are just at the top of it, but to see how humble and how well they treat people, you know, and then there's my flower on the shelf between OG rascal and the jungle boys. And it's just like, you know, when he'd really encouraged me, he's like, Hey man, like you got to make the most of this opportunity, like make a logo or something. And I was just like, so wishy-washy, wasn't real confident on the branding. I was like, oh, I don't know what I should do. And he's just like, bro, you're overthinking it. You know, like just very like matter of the fact. He's like, just, you know, come up with something, get a logo done. So uh, a guy actually by the name of Shraven had designed that initial Trinity Association logo. And so that's really where that came from was just have some identity, you know, for my flower. From there, I really grew into a capacity where I was doing a lot of white labeling for people. You know, there's a lot of companies out there that would pay a premium for genetics, certain genetics they couldn't get and grown a certain way, organically high quality, you know, and that became this niche that like, it was perfect for me. It let me stay on the farm, you know, focus again on seed hunts, getting genetics from buddies, all this testing it. What I felt like was the work that I excelled at and was really important. Um, and then at the same time, keep the bills paid, keep it going, you know, so that was a great thing for a long time, man. I did that. You know, I was at this first farm in Trinity for God, probably four years, had a second farm in Trinity, a little closer to Hayfork, actually, for another probably three years um, and just really honed my craft. I felt like there, man, really got good at like quality on scale, you know, and that was the tough part was like, you know, you can grow this you know, say 5,000 square feet very well. Okay, let's step up to 7,000. Let's step up to 9,000, 10,000. You know, then it's at a point where you had like 15,000 square feet of depth, full term, all this, you know, and like, you know, it was supposed to be a 10,000 square foot. We maybe had done a little more, but regardless, you know, just able to manage it on scale and then with a small team, you know, the ability to find a few people that are just killers, man. We work well together. You know, we're not micromanaging each other. It's like divide and conquer. You know, I'm going to take care of this. You take care of that. And we're able to, you know, grow good flour on scale, man. Um, so a lot of that education for me came through there. Just genuinely repetition. You know, one of the big things I feel like with, with flowering is like consistency. You know, I don't want to say doing a good run is easy because it's not, but it's, doing a good run and another good run and another good run, you know, repeating that five times in a year, maybe, you know, if it's indoor, it's depth. If you get three runs in, you know, you're killing it, man. But just, it's like hitting a baseball coming in at like 90 miles an hour, right? It's like anyone can kind of throw the bat out there and you might get lucky a couple yeah. times, but to do it to where you're hitting every pitch and you're putting it where you want, that's a whole other thing. That's the really yeah. the art of it. I feel yeah. like, right. It's the hardest part. It is, man. Cause that's it why is. you hear people saying, well, this batch is good. You never used to hear that. Oh. You just used to have fire from this grower. Now it's, well, this batch isn't as good as the last batch. People are hip to that. They just need to also give you some leverage as a grower that 
that's just part of it. Totally, man. Like yeah. you said, batch to batch or even like facility to facility at yeah. this point. Room to room. Totally, man. Right? You'll always hear growers, like one of the questions behind is like, what's your favorite room? Yeah. And you'll almost every time they'll be like number eight or uh, the number one over there is something about the the way the AC and the this and yeah. And they're real sure about it too, always, yeah. right? You know, you ask them and they know like, they're like, yup, right. dude, nine is the killer. Yeah. Like you said, like number four is kind of like, you know. And it's like, they're all set up exactly the same, but it's just yeah. the way something. So that's, that's part of it. Uh, so you start to get real knowledge on scale, which is so difficult. Yeah. And something that's rare. Yeah, absolutely. you start to learn that like you're in rare air now of running 15,000 square foot canopy and being able to control that on a quality basis with the right genetics at the right time, you know, and then you're learning that hard lessons, I'm guessing, too. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, absolutely. a lot of losses, you know, and and I feel like that's where a lot of growth comes from is, you know, of course, you want to try new things, but you got to measure that approach. You know, we don't you don't just want to throw something out that again, man, it's expensive to do these runs. You know, it's all going to go right, especially at this point, you know, we're licensed now. And, you know, unfortunately, Trinity County just had such, they still to this day have such a tumultuous problem with their licensing program, man. It's just a lot of corruption mixed with, I mean, genuinely just a small place where there's only so many people that live there to do this, to regulate this, you know, and it's a lot of, about the triangle, man, is, is, I think there's a lot of law enforcement there that understands to a degree that, you know, as long as you're not in your face about it, they'll let you, they'll let you make it, you know, but there's a lot too that just, they want nothing to do with it. Cause maybe they grew up out there and they only saw the negative side effects, man. You know, people trashing a Creek or, you know, you catch someone dumping their garbage on the side of the road and it's a bunch of rock wool cubes or any number of these things, root balls even, you know, and just, or someone got murdered over a robbery, but it just happened to be on a weed farm. They were coming for it. You know, it's Absolutely. it's the conversation's more nuanced, just like most conversations. Oh, totally. Man. Yeah. And it's so much. And it's even, you know, I think even the reaction is to just kind of blame, oh, it's all on the cops. But it's like, I, I just, you know, it took me years to be able to say this, but like, I don't think that's fair either. No, you know, it's not all. It's on both. Side of, yeah. You it's know? nuanced combo. There's bad actors on all sides. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean. And that's the tough part is like the friction that causes, you know, of course can be nasty, man. But well, with guys like your old partner who did nine years over it. Absolutely. You know, man. it's just getting out now where guys have, you know, massive farms. There's companies, huge companies with greenhouses. And this guy just got out after nine years. I mean, that's rough. That's, oh, that's a rough to process that is rough. And I just, you know, it's something I, I think about every single day, man. I mean, it's just. You know, I think it's so important to like see where you're at, where you've been and like the blessings you've got, you know, and like, I mean, I, I learned that lesson the hard way, but it could have been a lot harder, you know, and just I think that awareness and just being able to look inwardly and really like understand that and be, you know, the gratitude for everything that, you know, he lost his opportunity to do that at that point. It was ripped from him, you know. I was fortunate enough to go on, you know, because I was just like the grunt worker at the time, you know, is like the reason you don't get tied up in all this too, you know, and just again, man, just, you know, the, those that go before you, I just think it's so important to like have that respect and at least be open to that understanding, man. You know what I mean? Like what it took 
I mean, even here for us to sit and to be able to do a podcast like this, like this is incredible. And be able to be on camera. Like you said, you, exactly. Yeah, yeah. For when we first started, we thought, oh, this will be in a dark room with some microphones on a flip table. Yeah. In a warehouse that, you know, and to be able to do this now and a lot, you know, we still get a lot of resistance. Like, oh, yeah. you know, people thinking that we're basically like, you know, oh, they're, they're, this is, they're going to all going to get arrested, you know, doing this podcast. I, I, we still get all that. And it's, it's a blessing we are where we are and the people who are willing to take the um, risk to do stuff like this, like you, the people like your, your ex-partner coming back out. Hopefully he's interested in, in uh, making that wrong a right and yeah. getting back into it. But so now your license, you guys are growing. I mean, we got weed sitting on the table in front of us. We have an insane amount of hash. Well, uh, hash let's get into how you start to hunt down these genetics and get into hash hash specific strains and things yeah, like that definitely man yeah i mean we you know it progressed from there like you're saying hunting you know so where it really started with me for hash was with bho so when i was in trinity i had you know we'd had a third part kind of come and join the team and he was helping me grow the flower he had lived in colorado was doing indoor was really good at what he did a really technical analytical guy man very sharp learns a lot from him you know and vice versa but he just understood the BHO, you know, he and another buddy of ours actually had started a company that was called Flawless Extracts. You know, Flawless Extracts was basically kind of what was before Trilogy, you know, that segued into like, you know, what ends up, you know, in my mind, one of the biggest, best hash brands just there are, you know, and really tied in with the culture, you know. So having this opportunity to start with that BHO, you know, just seeing the utility of it. I mean, the different expression you get, you know. The flour and the hash, what flavor comes out more, right, is incredible, man. Um, also more skews as well. So many good things about it, right? So that's where I really just had started that initial interest, man, you know, doing that BHO. Um, so I finally had left Trinity at a point. I'd sold my permit, moved on, and I, I moved down to the Bay Area. And I was in the Bay Area for probably a year and a half before I ultimately moved up to Oregon where I am now. And this is the time where I'd gotten this opportunity with compound genetics. Um, you know, I didn't know Chris Lynch at all. I had ended up meeting with these guys, you know, initially they, they were looking for some help with their nursery. Um, so I came in as a consultant and helped them kind of dial in, look, here's the way I like to clone. This is what's worked for me in the past. Um, and it was great, man. We were able to get their nursery like operational and going, we were putting out pretty healthy, clean plants. You know, to me, like the nursery is such a big responsibility. And I, and I think, unfortunately, personally, a lot of nurseries don't treat it like it should be. You know, I mean, this is people trusting their whole garden to you, you know, their run, their livelihood genuinely. And, you know, that was a big thing. I was really able to dial in with them. Like I said, I had done a bit of consulting with it in the past, but they really helped me formalize things. It was great. I was working with another guy named Chris Levitt who worked there and he was just a very scientific mind, you know, so he had the chemistry, the biology down. I had the experience. So we were able to really meet in the middle super well, you know, and kind of translate each other's worlds. You know, we were just polar opposites. He, uh, you know, so at that point, right, we, we had done the consulting um, and then they give me the opportunity to like, look, if you'd like to do some seed testing for us. And I'm like, awesome, man. So one of the first batches of seeds I tested was a grape gas S1. 
that grape gas S1 selection I made ends up being this grape gas that's been winning all these cups out here, man. So I've smoked some of it. It's phenomenal. It's amazing, yeah, man. Ash is insane. It's a great one. And it's just, you know, it just feels so good to see like work that I got to, you know, I got to play a role in, man. I got to pop the seeds, grow them. You know, it was funny because that Fino was called the G2. And that was my first pick where I'm like, look, I think this is the one. And that ends up being this washer, you know, has won all these cups. You know, it's still really a staple in a lot of hash makers gardens today. So it was just, it was like amazing to see that happen, you know, see this good cut and kind of like affirmation, I guess, of like, you know, the selections I was making. It's like, cool. So there's something to it. You know, it's not just like, all right, well, I think this is the best. You know, some other people agreed, man. It was, it was great. It was an amazing opportunity, but went on to test a lot of their grape gasoline line at the time. You know, that's what they had released when I came in and, um, the glitter bomb was another cut I found for them. So that was, Oh wow. Yeah. That's the El Chivo. So that was an OG KB blueberry. Uh, yeah, I think it was OG. Oh, OG KB blueberry headband to the grape gas mouthful. Um, but that, you know, that was one of the standouts and there was really two standouts that I like. There's a number 20 Fino that I still have and grow to this day that, you know, I think is a little, the flavor profile I personally like a little more, but you know, that was another great one. I got to hand over to him, you know, just again, get to play this role. And this really built Chris Lynch and mine's relationship. You know, it got to a point where like he would come over and we'd like look at flavors together. You know, he's hitting me up and he's like, hey, man, like, thank you for doing these hunts. I'd like to make these selections with you. So like just how much he was willing to include me in the process was like such a blessing, man, to learn so much. And you know, again, I guess I feel like these kind of common theme where I'm like, man, you, you could have picked anyone to do this, but like you gave me this opportunity, you know, and forever an opportunity. I'll, I'll just be so grateful for, you know, it, it was a, a big change for me. It was great, man. Just another big step forward in my life. That's fucking epic, dude. That's cool to hear. And that's cool to hear how involved he is in the process. And that's something I really liked about Chris is like, you just see... I mean, you can tell when someone's into something, you know what I mean? Like, and just his attention to detail, even like the questions he would ask about the plants, you know, I just kind of update him and, you know, Hey, number 51 looks cool. Number 22 is awesome. You know, and just the way he thought about it, I mean, really helped shape the way I thought about it. You know, I mean, this is someone with so much experience with that. And, you know, I really believe when Chris is allowed to do what he does best, you know, this breeding, like he just puts out phenomenal work. You know, um, a few of these jars are some of the newer flavors from some new seeds he had given me, man. So this is his menthol kush back to the Skittles back cross. And just what's this one right here in my hand? That's it right there. I think that's the oh, that's actually some Swiss watch right here. So this is a runs, um, a runs Gary Payton cross. Wow. I think so. These yeah, these three right here are the stuff from Chris. It's like almost that. like a, a gassy gelato 33. It's a, I love it. It man. has like a shirt, like a Sherby gas. Yeah. That's interesting. And so what's, and then, so these numbers right here, these are the ones. So this is that menthol kush to the Skittles back cross. Ooh. I love them, man. And so, you know, these three, basically I selected them. They all had just incredible bag appeal. So it really came down to flavor and potency. Um, one of them is very 41 forward. The other is very menthol forward. And the other is like a really nice mix of the two. So you know, kind of in my mind, like, you know, a little from each side that you might like. But um, again, man, I just love this work so much. You know, like I said, like it starts with this little bag of seeds. And like, here we are, you know, I popped these seeds like a year ago, you know, so we're on 
the third time we're testing it now. And really we want to put it through, make sure it's good. Well, let's talk about that for a little bit. So what do you think, how many runs before you really see the genetic potential of a strain from seed and to where you can judge it? And what are you looking for? Like, what's your process like? Yeah, man. I, uh, so I really think three is a good magic number, you know, that way, if there's ever a fluke or something goes wrong, you know, you've done it enough times. Um, but you know, right. There's obviously the initial time you pop it, you make this selection. You're like, wow, this has something to it. So you pull it, let's run it again. You know, maybe the second time we run it, you know, say we started with 80 seeds, you know, we make 10 selections out of it. We'll just say, you know, from there, then maybe we'll do 10 plants of each one. So you get a little more uniformity to it. You just get to see more of the plant. I also think, I think some about cannabis, it knows when it's growing in a patch of itself. And I think it likes that again, when beds and stuff. So, you know, say the first time we do it in mix light, we make that selection. So the second time, maybe we'll run it indoor. And then the third time we'll do depth. So, you know, is it going to harm any issue? You know, we want to put it through some adversity too, to really see like, is this a stable strain? Is this something we could do on scale? And then more importantly, feel good about getting to farmers. You know, if we're going to get a cut to a farmer, we selected, like we want to make damn sure it's ready for them. It's clean. They're going to have no issues. There's going to be no surprises. You know, we really, TJ and I just really pride ourselves on being very, very thorough with all of this. And, and again, making sure it's an adequately tested product. It's almost like you're taking a science approach to it because you are, you're cataloging genotypes, phenotypes, uh, you know, you're going through a lot of genetics and you're trying to figure out which ones are the best or which ones are great in these areas. And so I, I need to know this though. What is this one? That's the alligator blood. Okay. This is my favorite. Really? Perfect. Yeah. That's the, and see, it's, it's funny a very you say different that. smell. Yeah. Right? This reminds me of an old school perp. Yeah. Like, 15 years ago old school when we used to get the original perp packs that were like yo that's some perp this is exactly when i cracked this jar i was like oh old school perps like that's old awesome, school dude that's cool that's fun i'm and i can definitely see the heavy z influence in some of these some of these yeah right? With yeah like even some of that 41 the, yes like the way the flower is even like spongy but kind of like silky and thick, I guess, is the best way I could describe yeah. it. Like a thick flower, but not dense like a boccio, but thick. Like, yeah, you can see the Skittles in and it. And it's like when you weigh it up too, really, you know, it's one of those things, like you said, it's kind of hard to describe, but like <laughs> yeah. when you put it on a, I mean, genuinely, like just the amount and what it weighs, you know, it's uh, they're great plants, man. They've all just got this incredible vigor, you know, again, Z is traditionally something we're just going for, for flavor, you yeah. know what I mean? But to be able to get that flavor, um, and it grows well. It's like, dude, it's incredible, you know? Well, okay. I would say it's tied with what is this one? That's so that's it too. So the, these three with the tags are those phenos. That's the menthol cushions. This right? is the menthol cush. Yep. Yep. These. Three wow. Right so it's the number. It's funny. Like I said, I think we popped like 30, 40 something seeds and the three best ones were one, two and four. So it's, you know, you're like everything from five on. We didn't keep was nothing, uh, bro. Yeah. So what is the genetics on this? So that is the menthol kush. And then it's it's Skittles to 41 hit with Skittles again. And then the menthol kush hit to that. All right. That's why I know I like it so much. Yeah. You can see the heavy Z. This is a great one, man. Yeah. Number two is my two, favorite. I like I appreciate that. the feedback. And then I bro. do I this the gator blood. 
reminds me of old school perps from not like five years ago, like, like great bait days. Perps, yeah, like you, you were know? saying, like yeah. that, I mean, when we were in high school, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the good old days. Yeah. No, I'm glad that's one of these I've got in here too, man. Epic. I'll be hyped, dude. I want to. And then talk about, so let's go into some of these hashes too. You have in yeah. front of you, because I mean, I mean, feel free to, to break in the carrots by Anwar, Dr. Dabber, but yeah, let's talk about some of the hashes too. Yeah, bro. A few of these flavors. So one of them, I've got actually the Canal Street Runts, which was one of these flavors here too, man. And just, I love it, man. Just such a clean, smooth smoke. It's, you know, kind of one of those, I always feel like, you know, there are some strains that just really agree with your brain chemistry. Canal Street Runts is one of those for me, man. I just, it's a great smoke. It's something I can like dab on during the day and still stay super productive. The flavor's great. It's a very candy uh, hash rosin. It's great. Yes, yeah. it's great. And it yields. I mean, dude, it's like a true 5%. You know what I mean? It's a heavy. Wow. The peaches is too is a heavy, heavy. I mean, back to just Purple City real quick. Like the way they'll vet their hash strains um, is they, they call them L creme, you know, and for it to qualify for that, I believe it's like a heavy washing amount with a really special flavor too, which you know, anyone who's familiar with pheno hunting for hash genetics, it's like, I mean, you can pop a thousand seeds and not find something, you know, it's really can be really picky, you know, um, this canals on here, man. Uh, one of these strains, actually the grape life. So this is one of, this was my top pick out of, uh, the Y life to the grape gasoline. This is one of the last, uh, testing rounds I'd done for compound genetics. And this 29 is just phenomenal, man. And it's, uh, you know, actually Bobby Trill with Trilogy had released the grape life as well, man. So he actually named the strain. And, um, you know, like I said, Bobby and I have like had this kind of long-term rapport, but we had only met like once, you know, it was funny, but it was, we were really close to our buddy Diego. Um, and again, back when they were flawless extracts, like, you know, Diego used to come up and would help me harvest in exchange. You know, I'd send him down with a bunch of trim and flowers payment. So it was like great for everyone, you know, like, Dude, amazing worker, great friend, phenomenally talented extract. We're still to this day killing it, man. But, um, you know, really cool to be able to like work with Bobby, man, you know, again, and like flavors that he really likes that I've found. And, you know, here he is. They, they just released it on their most release or most recent drop. Epic. And he is such a curator and such a stickler. Yeah. So if it makes it to his menu, it's at the De La Creme top, top, you know, five to ten percent of the market he he is such a stickler for what hash should be and what needs to be like i'm a huge fan of what bobby does oh yeah well just his confidence to like i feel like just to make those decisions you know to have your finger on the pulse of the industry like you do and then confidently pick these flavors you know i mean that's a guy in a group that you know they've got access to what they want you know and like you said, I just felt like for him to like, hey, man, this was incredible. Let's run with it. You know, such an honor, of course. But again, just like affirmation. It's so humbling that like, you know, this work really pays off, man. I mean, you can kind of get isolated in the woods and sort of wonder like, all right, is this as good as I thought it was, you know? But um, again, at the end of the day, I mean, such a blessing again to be able to work with someone like that who, you know, I feel like I identify with, you know, we both came from you know, the world we came from, right? Learning to grow in the black market. You know, it's this thing that was hidden. Um, you had to really love it to do it, you know? And for him to, you know, have that same mentality and implement it the way he does. I mean, even down to like his packaging, the attention to detail, 
I just think it's incredible, man. I love it. You know, like you said, like truly a tastemaker. And it, and it takes very specific strains to put out very good hash. And so for you to be almost like expert potential or diving into that side where you now are working with a ton of hash making strains and, and people now have access to those. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So what are some of the other hashes? What's this big jar? Some of this. So this big jar is actually, this is some 90U full melt of, and this is actually a blend of two of the white, the two top Y grape gas phenos I selected. So there was a 29 and a 51. The 29 is a lot more of a balance of the two, even Y heavy, you know, that cherry snowman gas, like the Y is just, it's like, if you know, you know, man, it's such a phenomenal flavor. Um, people, I mean, you gotta, all the people out there who have not experienced the Y life. I used to love the flower. I used to get some from cookie monster. He was and the man so with he it. he would and and I must have asked him a hundred times like is this cut ever gonna get out what's up with that cut do you think that cut and wow bro this is I could smell it holding it in my hand it's a loud. foot and a half from my wow face. super loud man super Ooh. loud and this was washed by actually my buddy uh, Liam he goes by Mad Hasher man so he did that work such a talented passionate dude man and I mean again it shows in the work. Um, and he made that blend himself. And it's just like some, you know, the 90U itself too, it's just such a good, clean high too. It's like that is complex, loud grape, right? I yeah. love it, man. And I just, you know, fruits are something that, you know, man, they come and go in popularity. But to me, like such an impressive flavor profile when it's like, you know, that's grape, like grape, grape, you know, this is melons, like really melons. I've got another flavor here. Um, actually from a buddy of mine, Sean, I've been doing work with too. And this is actually his, this is a papaya OZ melon. And again, just so true to the complexity of that flavor. Wow, bro. Like needs Holy no, shit. needs no introduction. Holy man. Shit. So shout out Sean, man. He does great work too. Dude, this is exceptional. The, the look, the color, the, basically the glaze, and then you smell it and it's, this is knockout. It's amazing. I believe I, I don't want to like get this wrong, but I know he placed at King of Z Hill this year with that flavor. Yeah. I mean, just this, incredible. This is phenomenal hash. This is top tier, the best of the best. I can tell right off rip. Yeah. We dude. see stuff all day, every day. This is exceptional. Yeah. No, I'm stoked, man. And I brought a lot to him. I'm, I'm wow, stoked to bro. leave with you too, bro. But it's, you know, again, man, it's just, it's such a blessing to be able to work with other passionate people. You know, they care, they love what they do. And, and it just shows in their work, man, you know? And this comes from your genetic. Yep, this is all. I grew all this flower right here. Yeah, well, for the exception of the papaya OZ, Sean did that. But the rest of this, you know, here's another one. This is a honey banana coffee cut, actually. Um, and this is interesting because it's got the candy banana. That's actually some fresh press. But that's the candy banana. And then it's got like the heavy kush from the coffee. Yes. And it's just, I think it's a really cool flavor combination. I like how complex these flavors are because you, you're getting multiple profiles. I'm getting, first you're getting the grape and then you're getting the almost like sweet cherries and then gas. Then you can smell the wildlife in that other one where now you start to get that complex, like you say, gassy, almost like chemi, but, oh, but gelato-y, real different. Now you go into this HB times coffee. And it's hitting same thing. It's hitting like six different notes at once, right? You got the complex gassiness of the coffee. You got that deep. And then you got the fruit. 
they're right that real nice bright light it and that's why i think it's cool man it just it does it hits such a range of spectrum you know i love this one man and so this is a fino i actually found just this last year so we're still putting you know basically by the end of uh we're gonna you know we're harvesting right now but by the end of the month we'll have this finished and this will kind of satisfy that third larger production run we did in depth you know even better because it's a fall so it gets again a little more adversity we've got some in the full term field too so is that right there that's greenhouse flower yep this is yeah so this is shit that's phenomenal yeah thank you man this is cold frame light depth um you know we do a lot of mix light but we're actually in the process of building new mix light greenhouses we converted we've got a ten thousand square foot conley that you know we've been stepping up with the nursery so just this last year we pivoted turned that into a nursery and you know my partner tj and i were we're completely independent man we don't have any investors you know no one's dad bought us anything we're very proud to be independent and do things ourselves you know so you know, maybe with expansion like this, another company could have, you know, taken the money, gotten it done quick. We'd rather pace ourselves, take two years to do this, do it right, do it our way. And we get to retain our autonomy on the project. And it's just, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky to have a partner like TJ for many reasons. He is just someone I can't say enough good things about, you know, the man has integrity, honest guy again i just can't say enough good things about him you know but also to have a partner that wants to do things that way you know not everyone wants to do it that way and and it's not for everyone but again to find someone else where we can stay doing things the way we want you know typically if an investor comes in like they might not want to hear about the organic stuff because it spends more money it yields less but i think when it really comes down to it at the end of the day it's something that's worth it you yeah know? they would have things to say like well can't you just take other people's cuts and rename them or can't you just it, it's always a corner being cut where you see the long like hey no we're going to hunt seeds we're going to unveil new strains we're going to get them in other people's hands who can then also take their genetic potential to the maximum i can honestly say jordan that like we get a lot of hash on the show we also get a lot of greenhouse and outdoor and indoor you're at the top percent of the market and i don't mean i mean quality wise and strain wise when taking everything into consideration like i'm blown away that that is also greenhouse flower thank like, I'm this, blown. Is, this is all greenhouse as well actually this is all cold crazy as well thank you man I appreciate very it. impressive and the hash is just I mean, if you were to show me all that and you were saying, I have six lights and I sit every day and literally touch every plant for, I would believe you. That's the quality that I'm honest. Thank you, brother. No, I'm much I see a ton of hash. I mean, we nonstop oh, all, all day, day, every, every day. Yeah. This is phenomenal hash, bro. You guys are, and then, which means you have phenomenal product going into that hash. And I can see why Bobby would want to work with you and figure out like, especially with the strains. I have yet to smell some of these terps. This Y-Life terp is exceptional. I'm glad you love it. I haven't smelled anything like this yet for hash. Thank you, man. And, you know, I guess this is awesome. My hope is like, you know, that could kind of build on that great gas cut that's out, you know, again. And like, to me, I guess there's kind of like a heritage with this stuff, you know, like you said, if there's like this grape gas we start with, cool, here's it with the Y, you know, and we can build on these flavors and you know, just create this strong network from it. You know, I mean, again, to me, just you get these building blocks in place and then you take a step forward. You know, I'd actually talked to Chris Lynch just recently and he's doing breeding work with the 51 and the 29 right now. And it's just, 
it's so rewarding for so many reasons, but especially it's like, dude, this is work we had done together a couple of years ago. And here it is. It's come full circle. You know, I mean, again, man, like what better affirmation than like work with Trilogy, you know, their interest in it and stuff. And to be able to continue to build that and, you know, that's just where I feel so good. Like I want to play that role. You know, I, I think for me, a big goal is like just bringing good flavors to market like this, man, you know, bringing new stuff, different stuff. Like, you know, I'm all for what's popular at the time, but like, you know, we can play in some of that, but let's also, you know, out in left field a little too, maybe, man, you know, that's the thing that was missing in solvent list for a long time is that we had in BHO days was a absolute variety, a plethora of different flavors and terps and strains and qualities. Yeah. And then we got constrained because of what yields. Yep. Now we're opening that gate up and you're seeing stuff like cherries and peaches and apple and i mean crazy terps that are real terps coming from flour that's very specific towards uh hash yeah what's your favorite oh man what like what's your go-to when you're going to grab a jar and pull a hat this actually so check this out so this is the last one so this is that 51 so this is a different version of this a different ratio so that is that 51 in a rosin jam form grape life yeah so bobby had actually named it the grape life which was cool man. like i'm not creative at all with names like (laughs) the way when i pheno hunt like say i'll do five strains at a time i'll give each flavor a letter and then the pheno will be the number so a lot of my strains are like a12 d27 you know x15 and like again it was nice to like let's give it a name instead of like you know it's like coordinates or something you know what i mean but um, it would work for you though. I got off camera. I have an idea that popped to me when you first said that we'll have to keep that. Cause yeah, I, because it, I used to be it, the yeah. guy who would be like, why did this guy name this, uh, you know, great gas 24. I'm like, besides the growers, no one cares that it's number 24. Totally. So it would, totally. as a branding guy too, on my side, I'd be like, Oh, why did he do this? Uh, when I first got dirty Sprite, the breeding project of it was platinum GSC BX two. Yeah. And once we found that, I was like, I had to hit the breeder up and be like, hey, man, so I, I love what you've done, but can we like call this something that's appealing? Because if I say Platinum GSC BX2, yeah. people are going to be like, the fuck are you talking about? Was that MedTrees? Yeah. That? Yeah. Med, man, yeah. MedTrees does amazing work. I, I, I'm a big fan of so many breeders out there. There's so many guys doing great work. Like now more than ever, you have all these people doing projects with their keepers or the their favorite things they find you get to even and that's why it's tough because like when some people breed the same thing it's dope in my opinion because now i get to oh well he took the lcg and did it to skittles but then he thought he wanted to do it to gas so i was able to then get the paris og times the lcg right so i can pick and choose now because everyone's working different stuff but i also get the gist of like you know, the old school breeders want you to work your line. Yep. They exactly. don't. So it, it's interesting. The market's all over the place. And that's why I always like to talk to people, especially like you, because you work hand in hand with breeders in a selection process that a lot of breeders can't do or yeah. don't have the space to do and wish they did. Because when you hunt down three, 400 seeds from one breeding project or one cross, what you get to find is so different than 20. Oh, absolutely. You know, you really get to open up that, you know, that project and see it. Yeah. Yes. And like you said, you're seeing 
you know, I mean, there's great crosses that are made where, yeah, you can pop a pack and find a winner, no doubt. But like, dude, if you can even, I mean, I think for me and any advice for someone who's wanting to get into that, like maybe they're not sure of like a lane in the industry. I cannot recommend enough popping seeds. You know, you don't need crazy space. Even if you only have four lights, man, you know, you could do a light of each different strain or buy four packs, do a pack of light within the same one. And you get a much deeper dive into it, you know, especially you can get your hands on seeds that are quality, you know, made by people that care. Dude, there's going to be at least a few in there that are going to really wow you, you know? Um, and again, just building blocks. And maybe you want to breed that. Maybe you want to reverse something or cross something. Again, it, it's just something that brings so much satisfaction to me. And I think it's something that's important in the industry, you know? I mean, a lot of people get caught up in the glamour of flower production and like, I get it, you know, I get it. Absolutely. It's a skill, but you know, it's so important for people to be, I think, popping seeds, testing new genetics, bringing new stuff to the market. And you know, that's why these companies that I really like to work with, man, I mean, Purple City is amazing about that, you know, symbiotic. Dude, just a couple of weeks ago, Vince, you know, Vince lives down in Sac. You know, he's about to have a kid. He's so busy, but he still made the time he drove up. We spent two hours going through a hoop of 85, 86 Vinos I had for some seeds he had sent me. And like, like you said, just the passion for someone to make a eight hour round trip drive just to spend a couple hours like, you know, hey, bro, check this one out. This one spoke to me. That one spoke to me. You know, it's those are the guys I love to work with because they appreciate and they understand the work that's put in. And like, I feel like that's how we really can do great things that way. You're specialists. He's a specialist breeder. You're a specialist tastemaker is what I call them. You're, you hunt down flavors. You can kind of see where the market's going and pull something special out and be like, check out this. Yeah, it's yeah. everyone starting. It's, it's the same thing with brands, right? Not everyone has to grow. Not everyone has to breed. Not everyone has to just sell weed. It's like everyone can just do one thing and specialize in that and do amazing things for the whole industry. It's like, well, you don't just reap rewards for yourself. You reap rewards for the whole industry because now when the newest breeder, you know, people that come to my mind is Fire Farmer. Yeah. Someone um, who with a very small amount of space has done absolute wonders. And now his stuff's being grown in some of the biggest facilities in the country. And the guy started with a tent and, 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 and literally found some of the biggest strains that are being, that will be dropping this year, you know, for flower production, a lot of them. Oh, yeah. uh, out of a tent. Yeah. And so it just shows you like, you know, the power is in your hands. It really is these days more than ever. And there's that like cosmetic kind of, you know, people think, oh, if it's growing in a tent, like somehow it's less than, and no. like, dude, by no means, you no. know, I think that's something that, you know, unfortunately you'll see online. It's like, oh, if someone's trying to contribute to a conversation in a comment section, but it's like, you know, they click on their page and it's like, oh, you're just a tent grower. And it's like, I mean, you know, okay, just because everyone doesn't have access to grow on scale means nothing, man. I mean, there's plenty of dudes with plenty of scale doing it the wrong way. I mean, you flip the other you know? side, then you go too big and they're like, look at you. You don't have enough time for that. You know, so it's, you can never you can make never them win, happy. Right? You just stay in your lane. You stay positive and you do what you think is right. Absolutely. And so you working, even when you working with people, right? You learn hard lessons through partnerships and when money comes into play, but guess what? You went into that with a clear conscience, I'm going to do the right thing. Let's see if they do it. Absolutely. Man. You know, and that's, and that's, what's great. You know, it's like the good ones sort each other out, you know, and it's just, again, you know, that network is so important, man. And nothing like, you know, just being able to work with people where 
only thing I have to worry about is delivering my portion, you know, and like, say you and I are working together. Like I already know Lance did his part and he's going to hand it off to me, but he's set me up for success. And then I do my part and then I hand it off to the next, part, you know, and that's just a well-oiled machine. And that's where, again, kind of like we were talking initially, you know, it's not the ego, it's not me or I, it's us and what does best for us. And Man, I just feel like I've been fortunate enough over the years to work on a few different really good effective teams. And it's like, man, once you see that, just how potent it can be, it's just incredible, you know? So I really, I find myself, and it can be tough in cannabis, right? Working with people, man, there's a lot of people that out for the wrong reasons, even, you know, I kind of have a theory about it where like cannabis is such a tumultuous market, you know, from the gray market legality, even with permitted people, they Permits get rated all the time, you know? It just can be such a slippery slope. And I think there's some people that they mean well, but they don't mean to put themselves in a bad position, but they do. And then they're forced between, you know, losing everything themselves and doing the right thing. And it's like, again, not that it justifies that behavior at all, but like it's such a high pressure industry, you know, it's so hard. And I just feel like I've seen it a lot of times where like, I guess I maybe I'm trying to be too optimistic, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Did you really want to do that? I mean, you did at the end of the day, but it's like, did you just feel backed into a corner? You know, the county's coming down after you. The state is, your neighbors are sweating you, you know? I mean, even just one genuine mistake can fuck up a run and really put a business under, man. You know, especially now with legalization, no one can afford for a run to go anything other than just fucking outstanding. Man. And that starts with your genetics and your clones. And that's why it's so important for you on the show today. It's because I look at genetics and your starts, meaning clones, right? Or, or your seed starts as the foundation for a house being built on the water. And I say on the water because cultivation is so expensive. It's oceanfront real estate. You're paying top dollar to put a light, nutrients, all the next bells and whistles for VPD and all this stuff together, right? And if you don't have the right foundation, it doesn't matter how good you do the rest of it, you're never going to get where you want to be. And, and, and it all can come collapsing down too and with the wrong it. genetics. Man, absolutely. With herms, with on and on, with bugs. The hop latent now, yeah, you know, is this- That's it's, huge. Oh, it's, and it's a heartbreaker to see again. And I mean, I think this really goes back to, you know, what I mentioned earlier. Like there's a lot of nurseries, unfortunately, that just don't take it as seriously as it needs to be taken. And, you know, I think this is something I know I've seen a lot you know, I do a good bit of consulting. So dude, projects in New York, Oklahoma, California, Oregon, Washington, all these places where, you know, there's a little differences, but everyone's trying to solve a common problem, you know? And, and it's fascinating to me just to see how different people approach it, you know? But at the same time, like this, the problem is almost always genetics is a big one, you know? And gosh, man, even just since I've been in Oregon, you know, I've been meeting new people and you know, Oregon's just been such a warm, welcoming place. You know, there's been a handful of people there that just I'm so grateful for because I was new there. They knew I was new and they're just like, bro, let me introduce you to some good people. What do you need? Do you need anything? You know, hey, my buddy owns this grow shop. I'm going to get you in touch with them and take care. You know, so just been so blessed with like that warm reception with that, too, you know, but through that, hearing a lot of people's experiences with these, you know, nurseries, unfortunately, we're like, dude, they're giving out bugs. You know, untested genetics, unfortunately, that's a really popular thing in Oregon. There's a few companies that, you know, they'll buy a hype pack of seeds, they'll pop the seeds and they don't actually flower it. They just, that female is the most vigorous one. 
So they cut it, they propagate it, and they sell 10,000 clones of it a month. And it's not good. It's garbage. Who knows? You know, or dude, they've got three pairs of scissors in the whole facility and cut on everything on it. You know, they're spreading hop latent. I mean, I think one of the biggest things I learned with hop latent is, is genuinely keeping your scissors clean. You know, I use a product called Fizan. Anytime I touch a plant, I get two red solo cups. I put four pairs of scissors in it. I fill it with water and I put like a dash of Fizan in it. From what I understand, why Fizan works so well is it doesn't evaporate as quite as quick as like bleach or hypochlorous acid would. Those both work as well. And they've got that short exposure time. So it'll kill the viroid on your blade. But I think that's one of the biggest things I can suggest to people. I mean, keep yourself clean, you know, your room's clean, clean your pots between transplanting, you know, uh, bugs are a big way, big vector for spreading hop latent. But like I said, I think the biggest one is just keeping your scissors clean, being mindful of it and making sure that all your employees understand the importance of it. You know, there's a lot of big companies where like they just want to hire, pay minimum wage, but then they get minimum effort. And it's like, well, look, man, if you're going to pay minimum wage, you get minimum effort. And unfortunately, in my mind, I just don't think this can be done properly on a minimum effort program at all. No, you're not making tacos at Taco Bell. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that is not what. And then that's what you get with minimum effort and minimum wage is you literally get minimum quality product. Yeah. Uh, Genetics, though, and you having the right genetics and then you propagating them. Let's talk about HLVD, though. I don't want to get sidetracked. What do you think about that right now? I mean, being a clone farm, it's a lot of people are dodging bullets, but um, I think they're people will blame them, right? Be like, well, they gave out. I think they were learning at the same time you were learning that they had it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think it was people knowing they had it. And then now that we have tests for it and they're easily accessible through the mail or through a local place. You can get everything tested every 30 days. There's truly no excuse at this point. Yes. You know, it really is. And, and like you said, it's, you know, again, and this is, you know, my understanding of hop late. And I don't want to say this is gospel, mm-hmm. but my understanding is, you know, it's such an insidious viroid because it could be, you know, in these lower branches, but not the top branch. That's why they call it latent. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Right. And it's, it's so incredible because. You know, you get to a point where you can see it genuinely, it physically expresses itself a certain way. And it's like, if you've seen a branch with hop latent, like you don't forget, you know, it's a real, the leaves seem to get a little smaller and pointier. The bracts get real pronounced, you know, and the, it just has a look again. I feel like if you've seen hop latent, it's just, you know, it forever more, you know, you can see for me, it's the female pre-flowers. Yep. They're so expressive. They, they literally shoot out and you're like, oh, Lord, what Here is this? Oh, yeah, man, what's going on? And then, like you said, it looks flimsy, but it's reaching towards the light. So it tricks you into thinking it's a happy plant. But then you look at it and you're like, something's wrong with this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I, I think everyone's learning at the same time. And thank God we are learning yeah. uh, at the same time. But yeah, now you have to test for everything. Same with bugs. Um, oh, I've, you don't hear as much about bugs as you did, let's say, eight years ago with spider mites. And people have realized there's things that are also organic you can use to actually eradicate and not just deal with them. Yeah. You know, but uh, micronized sulfur being one of them is a great, is a great uh, foliar for if you're having issues with bugs. Absolutely. But uh, with clones and genetics and trying to keep everything healthy. Um, do you have any tips or tricks for, let's say, small time growers or growers trying to 
keep a large library of genetics. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, is kind of cliche it is, is, as it is, I think, you know, the farmer's shadow is the number one thing, you know, of course, that attention to detail, you know, even just mindfulness, you know, I mean, people get excited that like, dude, come check my tent out with some of their other buddies. Maybe he comes over and some bugs hop off, you know, that I think some people might think that that's exaggerated, but that's very real, you know, and yeah. who's had to grow. It's like, no, they will hop on your shirt or your shoes and they will hop off if they go into a new room. You know, I mean, they know that's food. Um, oh, that's how they actually keep living. Bugs yeah. literally will grab you're walking through and the leaves are brushing and your buddy's like, yeah, I dealt with some spider mite issues. Just know now they are on your your clothing. And when you go home and even if you sit on the couch, then you go take a shower. Then you go back and sit on the couch and then the next day go in the garden or that night later go in the garden or oh, yeah. wear those clothes to the garden the next day. It, it always transmits like it's like you said, it's thinking about the process. You have to be if you're a clean grower, most likely you're going to have a great grow. That's Absolutely. that's half the battle. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it's that saying is like how you do one thing is how you do everything. You exactly. know, and I think that's so true or again, that attention to detail, you know, I mean, um. Man, say you discover some bugs in your garden. What do you do? You're about to flip into flower. Maybe you're even in flower, you know? You know, I personally don't spray anything after week one. I mean, you know, if there's something would be the only reason. We got lined out with an incredible predatory mite program, actually from a buddy named Eric who works for the beneficial insector out of Reading. Eric was such a wealth of knowledge, man. Really helped dial me in and, you know, you really need the predatory mite plan kind of tailored to your farm, you know, because I've heard a lot of people that they just feel like, oh, well, they didn't work, you know, or it wasn't good. And yeah, there are some insect areas that don't send out the best bugs, but for the most part, it's just knowing how to implement, you know, the right time to put them on. You want to provide an environment where they can thrive, start an ecosystem, you know? So I would really encourage predatory mites, you know, especially like maybe you're in bloom and you find a little something I think what I would recommend, you know, do a de-leaf. A lot of those eggs get laid on those big families, you know, maybe de-leaf. I mean, if you just have to spray, keep it something clean, maybe pure crop, you know, that's not going to want to really stick. But really what I would recommend is predatory mites, man. You know, if you've got spider mites, persimilis will come through voraciously and just destroy spider mites. They eat quick. I'm not positive on this, but I want to say they'll even kill spider mites and not eat them. So they're really out there for you. So that's another great one. You know, Cucumeris for thrips. Um, I use another bug called an Athita, and they're a great soil predator. You know, I believe thrips uh, reproduce in the soil, you know, so they'll go and kill those too. So that well-balanced, consistent, and well-managed predatory mite program, I just can't speak enough about, you know, and again, I feel very blessed to have met this guy, Eric, who helped line me out and, and really put me on the right path. Even for cultivators that aren't having current issues, it's important to use predatory mites to stay ahead of problems that could happen. Absolutely. Especially when you're moving locations, when you're moving plants around, or you're bringing any genetics from one facility to another, uh, even if it's your same facility, it's your same. It's I can't talk enough about predatory as well, for, uh, insects, period. Oh, totally. Right. And it's just such, and you know, to me, it's even like, you know, you and I could spray, fire up the paint spray or whatever as much as we want, but like, you can only still do so much and you're just, especially with big plants, you're never going to hit every surface. You and know? you are affecting that plant. 
That's no matter crazy. what you're foliaring, yeah. it's, if it has alcohol in it, you can see it drawing the plant out. If and no matter what you foliar, it does affect the plant. And the one thing you can do is use predatory insects and it doesn't really affect the health of the plant. Not at all. And if you use it at the right time, it's like a silver bullet. It really is, you know, and it really and it's like, you know, I mean, back in the medical days before they're testing, you know, like Avid was the or Floramite was that silver bullet for a lot of people. But it's like, man, I think genuinely there's a moral implication that comes yeah. with that you know some Hell people yeah. use it i mean that's your business you do what you do but like for me personally that's just not an option no. you know it's got to be clean like you know i smoke my cannabis i give my cannabis to people i love i want it to be a clean good experience i mean even you know when it's sold in a shop i just i we strive tj and i strive to make sure everything is done right it's clean it's consistent and, you know, we always try to over deliver, you know, and that's just big for us. And that's the mentality we have, man, through the flower cultivation, through the hash cultivation, the seed testing, the selections, the nursery, you know, again, we just we're really working hard in Oregon right now to kind of dispel like the dirty rumors Oregon can have sometimes, man. And, you know, people like to focus in on the small minority that maybe aren't doing stuff right. But it's like, dude, let's dispel that like. We can all do so much better together, man. Let's just work together. And like, you know, there's plenty out here for everyone to eat. There is. And I really. And working together shows a light on that where now you look at this. I mean, who washed these flavors? So this is my buddy, Sean, who did this. The same guy. He did the uh, he this was his flavor. The uh, papaya OZ melon. Oh, man. These are phenomenal job. He's and so people guy. can in Oregon can reach out to you and get these genetics can purchase these. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. Damn, we dude. actually are starting to do, you know, a 50 state legal hemp thing as well, man. So we can get, you know, rooted cuts. We do unrooted cuts as well. You know, we're in the process of, uh, you know, we've got a permitted situation in New York going, man. We're really excited about and. You know, initially there was kind of the temptation with the partners in New York, you know, they want to get things going. They're excited, but I'm like, look, guys, trust us. It's so much more worth it to be patient and roll out the right way with the right menu and the right quality. Cause there's a bunch of other people that are trying to race to the bottom. It's like, let's let them do that. Let the dust settle. And then we'll come out correctly, a measured, clean approach. So. You know, I'm really excited to be able to do that, man, to provide New York. And that's going to be starting in 2024. You know, we will have licensed, clean, good genetics out on the New York market. You know, we've got a hundred plus flavors just at our farm currently. You know, we've got a lot more stuff backed up and stored, but we've actively got a hundred flavors at the farm right now that, you know, again, and that doesn't count new phenos either. This is selected, established plants, man. And, um, we love it, man. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's a lot of work. You know, we also, with clone mothers, we don't cut on a clone mom for more than three months. It's a short life. It's a quick, healthy, clean life. We retire the moms before they even would show any sign of degrading in the clone, you know, in the rooting process. Mm-hmm. And that's been big for us. You know, that also helps, again, not giving out hop late. And there's none of that in the plants. It's clean. It's good, you know. And again, just that attention to detail. and you know, ideally stepping up the game with everyone. It's like, you know, let's set, set a standard here. And that's something we really thrive to do, man. If you could give one piece of advice to picking a keeper, cause you got, you've picked some very successful keepers. And I think that's its own job and its own nuance and its own artistry. Yeah. Uh, what would you say? What's the best advice for picking a keeper cut? You know, man, I, I think a lot of it would come from, you know, experience with cannabis, but 
even beyond that, man, you don't have to have grown thousands of pounds or anything. I, I really believe, man, go with your gut. Go with what you like. You know, I think so many people want to select thinking like, you know, not that it's, it's important for it to have a mass appeal, but I really think just going with what you love, what you enjoy, you know, say you find a new cut and you show it your buddies, they're all stoked, you're smoking it. Like, that's big, man. That's huge. And even it's just a place to start, you know, because I think if you're trying to select for any other reason, like that goalpost might be moved constantly. But if you know within yourself what you like, what you love, I think this kind of plays into these big tastemakers is their confidence and their ability to confidently pick and make a decision and not second guess, you know. Um, I think that would be it, man. You know, really go with something Great you advice. love, man. Yeah, thanks. That's dude. great advice. I, I love that. I think a lot of, you know, at least my growth style is like, I, I grow from feel, man. I grow from look. Like I genuinely, I look to read the plant. I mean, you know, we all know there are certain events during flower where we need more of this or less of that. But again, to me, just really following your gut, man. I mean, listening to the plant, you know, it may sound kind of like corny, but I just, I, it's so true. It's so relevant, you know? And just go in with your gut, man. Do what you like. And, and I think that will show in your confidence with the strain. Say you'd go to brand it. I think it, you know, that love and that excitement is going to carry it further. I, I think. A hundred percent it will. Yeah. Um, if people want to find you and pay attention to what you have going on or reach out for genetics or, you know, on my side now, I'm working a breeding project, my second one ever. It usually takes me a whole year to do it and do it properly. I cannot wait to try to get you some seeds so that we can. Because I took the fruity pebbles, and plus I also am working with a presidential Kush, a eighteen year cut that I've had. But uh, where can people find you? How do they reach out to you? Man, um, you know Instagram is a great place. I've got uh, at Trinity Association is my existing page. It's all one word, Trinity Association. Um, I've also started a new brand. I'm calling Domain Miel. Um, so you can find me there as well. Domain underscore Miel. You can reach out to me on Instagram. Um, by the time this airs, I should have a website up as well. Domainmiel.com, all one word. But, you know, feel free to reach out to me there. We do a lot of consulting. Um, we make a lot of flavors available to people too. You know, we work with some facilities where, you know, they might not have the time or the bandwidth to pheno hunt. So look, you guys focus on production. Let us do that work, you know? I mean, we've even gone so far as like had companies say, hey, we've got these packs of seeds you know, will you hunt them? Sure. Send them our way. We'll hunt them, you know, come check it out. We'll make a presentation. Here's the data on it. We think this is the best one. And these are the reasons, you know, even, you know, you're a multi-tier uh, LED grow. Well, here's a shorter, you know, the alligator blood, perfect for that. Great yield, but a short squad of your plant, you know? So we really like to tailor make all of these, you know, every strain we sell in our nursery, we've cultivated extensively, man. We are familiar with all of it. There's no guessing or any of that. It is, again, just our attention to detail and what we really feel like is the right way to do this stuff, you know, but absolutely reach out to me. Um, you know, again, we've got our nursery going, OLCC compliant. You know, we also have stuff on the California market. Like I said, New York will be there ready to go in 2024 here, you know, just around the corner. Um, so just excited to keep growing with these things, man, you know, just really kind of keep this momentum that we've got going. and. Um, just take these measured steps forward. You know, it's, it's exciting. So if I'm a cultivator in Oregon, am, am I, do I have access to your genetics through dispensaries or anything like that? Or is it just, 
Business to business. Right now, it's just business to business. Okay. You know, we're, we're currently in, hey, any dispensaries in Oregon that are interested, let's do it. But we, we really like to cultivate long-term relationships, you know? And we would love to do that where, hey, man, maybe we ex- drop exclusive flavors through you only. Oh, you know? man. I mean, if I'm, a, if I'm a dispensary, that's my first thing is like, hey, I want to do some strain drops here at our dispensary for anybody who's trying to either flower or hash but your hash strains are exceptional man i mean top top tier something you do that is not talked about enough in the industry all these rappers celebrities um people who want to be the face of their brand but have no cannabis experience and not that it's a bad thing this is the thing though they go about it in a cheap way and what they do is they rename strains or they come into the market, go to a distro, buy a bunch of packs, and then just call it what they want. Yeah. The best way that, and this is the proper way, you get to someone like you and you pay a fee, right? And you say, I want to curate my menu and I want some strains that either no one has or that I can call my own. What do you have that we can purchase outright or that we can call our own? Or what kind of deal can we work off of genetics that not a hundred other people have, or we know is something else already. And it'd be the proper way. If, if I'm a celebrity and I'm trying to start my own cannabis brand, even if I have a cultivation that's going to cultivate for me, the first thing I'm doing is coming to someone like you and saying, I have a hundred thousand dollars to spend. I want to start my brand and I want eight strains or six strains because even if you start with eight, you're going to settle on five. Doesn't matter if you've already picked them out. If even if you pick 10, you're going to settle with seven. It's just the way things are. It's, it's like, it's like outfits, right? You're going to wear the same six more than you're going to wear those other three. And, and you never know what people are going to like, but they need to get to someone like you. And this is every time we see a celebrity enter the market, everyone's on a clock countdown of how quickly they're going to exit because this is the problem. Someone like Jay Z comes into the market. They need to talk to someone like you. Because they need to say, okay, this is what my brand's about. What genetics can we work on over the next year while I form this corporation and we figure out our branding and all this? The number one thing we have to figure out is what strains are going to be my brand known for, right? Like what genetics are going to represent this brand properly? And then what what are we not going to rename and rehash out? And if we want a hash line and a flower line, someone like you. It's just, I can't repeat it enough to people about how important it's the missing link that everyone tries to skip. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, and like you said, they think that, I think they just really believe that maybe that star power will overpower, you know, like you said, the rename or whatever it is. And it's it, not enough. We've no, seen man. it 20 times, a hundred times over. If you don't have genetics, if you don't have the proper cultivation and you don't put all the pieces together, you will never have longevity in this industry. It's true. It doesn't matter who you are celebrity wise. Yeah. Well, in cannabis, you know, that's the thing is like, and I think maybe some of these celebrities are disconnected from it, but like, I I really believe uh, authenticity is just paramount in cannabis, man. Like you said, like people know better and like, maybe they love Jay-Z, but they go and they get the flower and they smoke whatever it is. And they're like, dude, this is just renamed lemon cherry. And like, what a disappointment for them, you know? Maybe it wasn't even grown the best. You know, it's not even good lemon cherry. And then it's really like, dude, I just spent $80 on this eighth. And then it can almost turn from like, you know, you're disappointed by this person you love to like, dude, you kind of gave me some bullshit, you yeah. know? And, and they know better, you know, but these celebrities are told by a board full of people that this will work and da da da. And there's some grower with 
the lemon cherry cut, you know, who swears it'll be different this time. But it's like, no, man, like buy a pack of seeds, find your own. And that off, you'll have that authenticity, man. And I think you'll have the respect of others too, because anyone really doing this know what it knows what it means to pheno hunt. You know, it's delayed gratification. Like, you know, dude, we, you know, we could have grown an extra however many hundred pounds, but we hunted seeds instead. And it pays off down the road. You know, again, it's not immediately, but it's just really an investment in your future. I think if you're really serious about doing it and you want longevity and even then it's like, if you've got genetics and they're your own, you're not racing all these other people with the same cut. You can take the time to dial it in, do it right. You know, versus, well, shit, we bought a cut, but a hundred other people have the cut and it genuinely, it's a rate. We just have to grow it, forget getting it right. You know, you've got unique genetics from us. Like we even got insight. Here's how it grows. Here's how it feeds. Here's the best way to train it. You know, if you cut it at day 58, it's more gelato. But if you cut it at 64, the gas starts coming out. And if you take it to 70, you know, your neighbors down the street know about it. You know what I'm saying? Like the flavors, the way they change. And again, just really priding ourselves on every bit of the way, because we want to take out any guesswork for people and just genuinely, you know, you know, man, even when a buddy gets you cuts, even the, the few of the right bits of information can save you so much time, you know, or even like, man, this, this crop is okay, but I shouldn't have topped, you know, next time I won't top, right? You'll get a better yield or something. You know that already. You just go into it with more confidence and more data and are able to deliver a better product, I think. I agree. And especially when it comes to hash and nuanced products. You need very specifics. You need to know the outcome. And that is the missing link with a lot of brands is the genetic side. And someone like you solves that problem. And there's very few of you out there doing it the right way. And that's why we were able to put this together with First Smoke and have you on here with, with literally genetics in hand, with hash from genetics in hand. With one of the most sought after hash brands in the market, Trilogy, shout out. I mean, Such OG Bobby. Such a blessing. And then to have flavors I've yet to experience in the hash market. And I've been all over. I mean, I've been from East Coast to West Coast, even in the last year. I've been to yeah. Europe, all that. Oh, you see it all. Man. These are sought after genetics. If I'm in Europe, I'm hunting you down. If I'm in Oregon, I'm hunting you down. If I'm on the East Coast and I'm a hash, I'm hunting you down. Like, this was an important one to do. And that's why I felt I'm glad you came from Oregon to do this. I appreciate it, man. Like I said, I just, I can't thank you enough. You know, I think you guys do so much good for the, for the industry, man. You know, you you guys bring these people out that maybe no one would have heard of them because they're on the farm. They're, they're putting the time in, you know, where they feel like it's important. And, you know, you guys have done the hard work, created this amazing network you've got, you know, And again, man, just to bring people together like this, I mean, to me, this is what cannabis is all about, man. It just brings people together. It opens doors, it opens opportunities. And, you know, more than anything else is just a good thing for people, man. I I really appreciate you guys. You guys bringing me on, Lance. Thank you, man. No, you're part of the family now. That's why we do the family reunion every year. Yeah. Every January, we do the family reunion and we invite everyone who's been on the show with everyone who's a member of the show, right? Who listens and now everyone gets to connect and the amount of business and collabs and also just connecting you with the people who need you. That's, you have such a niche and a specialty in this market, just like a lot of people who sit in that chair and to be able to take other people in the market who have never heard of this person, but they're like, that solves our problem. That's who we need. And then to hear that from brands who came on who are like, man, this is happening because of the show. 
I got this opportunity. I just got called by this, these, this government official who wants information about how, how they're going to roll out cannabis, all this stuff that comes from this. I love hearing it when it's all positive. And we're going to get into some hash smoking on off the mic. If you listen to these episodes and you haven't got on off the mic, it's what we do before and after the podcast that gets filmed. It's only on FSOTD.com. So just so you know, if you want to see the hashes and the flavors and get into all of it to smoke it, we're going to get into the flowers. FSOTD.com is where you go. And if you want genetics, this is the man to talk to. I promise you, Trinity Association, it's been my pleasure. Jordan, thank you for making time for us. Uh, and I cannot wait to get into these. Thank you, brother. I appreciate <laughs> it, man. And I just want to say, first and foremost, my team is everything to me. Sally, Martin, Jesus, Song, and TJ. You know, we couldn't do it without you guys. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. I, uh, I want a big shout out to them, man. Yeah. Uh, like they say, uh, you can't smoke hash all day if you don't start in the morning. So right. first smoke family, Trinity Association. See you next time. So if you like this video and you want to see more videos just like it, I need you to click right up here and make sure you like, comment and subscribe. Yo, yo, First Smoke family right here.